like that. We're live. Live. All right. <sighs> See the change in the room? Like nothing happened. Nothing. It's all the same. Everyone get nervous. So we're here with Amy Sire. Yeah, you got it. I, you know what? I may it's have not gotten. Not Sire. Okay. No. I, I actually thought I. I initially I'm... did, and then I brought it up that you might be coming on the podcast, and they're like, "Oh, Amy Sire." I was like, "Oh, good. Now I know how to say <laughs> that because that's that's sometimes the uh, the difficulty bringing somebody on here and be like." Ooh, that's a lot of letters. Like, uh, I was just <laughs> though. I got it oh, now, yeah. but like, Wiley Chanko, that was the toughest one. It was like, it could be a million different things. Yeah. I honestly feel like my mom was trolling me when she named me because it's literally like <laughs> mostly vowels. Like, my name feels like it's 97% vowels. Well, they added in a couple letters. It was like yeah. IE as opposed to Y. And then yeah. it's like they wanted to yeah. confuse people. Yeah, yeah, I like, and so that's how I've been living my life. I get Annie Sear all the time. So I'm like, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll go with it. Whatever you want to call me. My parents' trick like that was uh, making me go by my middle name. So I've been trolling everybody my whole life. My real name is actually Thomas. So legal documents are like the first day of school. The teacher's like, Thomas. And I have to wait a couple seconds and be like, is there another person? (laughs) That's me. That's me. me. (laughs) You not know your own name or something? I wish I had that. I wish I had like a secret name. Yeah. I like I love that. I think that like has this little air of mystery. I'm such not a <laughs> mysterious person. Like if you know me, you just like know me. So I wish I had like that one element of like yeah. mystery. Like, yeah. oh, she's got a different name. It's, I don't. It's my name. Yeah, it's I think it's the curse of being an open person and be like, this is my whole story. I don't know if you wanted to know it, but <laughs> you do, have you do now. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll fill everybody in on your background and and what you're involved with. So you're from the community, a hometown gym. Yes. One-stop group fitness studio offering four specialized classes. Cycle, which is your spin class. Calm, which is the yoga. Camp, which is boot camp. And crush, which is boxing. The gym, the physical gym space is opening spring 2019. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And... Which which ones are you specifically coaching? So uh, I'm coaching. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> what do I do? Uh, I cycle, uh, which is the indoor spin class, uh, crush, which is boxing, um, and then I have some other people doing camp and um, calm. So and camp is the boot camp, and calm is the yoga. So it's Amazing. just been a bit of a collaboration between everybody. So when um, we when I decided to open the community, um, I. I wanted something that I felt that just didn't exist. And whether that was like in Winnipeg specifically or just like in the world, I guess. Like I wanted to not have to drive a bazillion years and go to a bazillion different places to get the workouts that I wanted in. And I'm like, wouldn't it be great? So how like all greats like ideas start. Wouldn't it be great if uh, I could just go to one place and get all my workouts in and one class like a one-stop shop? Yeah, so, that's an amazing yeah. idea. I, I like you. it. Uh, so you, you said you focus on spin and boxing. Those yes. are the two specialties they So I was a spin instructor. Um, I lived in Calgary for a year. Um, I think it's probably four or five years ago now. Like, what's my history? <laughs> um, and I f- saw that there was like these boutique spin studios that were everywhere. And I love biking. Um, I've always been into it. My dad is very much into it. My family is. And uh, so I thought it'd be clever if I got a job as a spin instructor to buy my first road bike, to take the money I taught, like, yelling at people on a stationary bike and put it towards, like, an actual bike. Um, So when I started training, I went to these boutique spin classes and 
I thought they were absolutely ridiculous. I was like, <laughs> they were dark. We were moving our upper bodies. And I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so I just thought it was just crazy. And I did it. But I fell in love mostly with the community, the teachers that were there, and the type of people that, like, whether it was riders or the instructors and management, like, everyone got together and they were super supportive. So when I moved back to Winnipeg, that didn't exist. And so I always thought to myself, like, I should open a spin studio. And I think there's probably, like, 30 other people who had lived in another city that I, like, came in contact with that were like, we should open a spin studio. <laughs> like, I feel like that's, like, the Winnipegger way. It's like, yeah. if it doesn't exist here, there's, like, a group of people that just, like, kind of comes into contact and are like, oh, we should do this. And I never did. And I sat on it, and a couple other studios opened up, and I ended up teaching at one of them. Um, and I, I fell in love with it even more. Like, I just kept – like, there was just something about it that I, I loved. Like, it was – people would – message me after and say things like you don't know you don't know me but like I come to your class and like I honestly you've changed my life and I'm like what like I just yell at you like you know what I mean? <laughs> I get in a dark room and play music but it, I'm like it's a little bit more than that like I feel like there's something about a group fitness class that's really good whether it's a yoga whether it's a spin class that that instructor or that moment in time like really connects with you um and yeah like I just think that they're at a really pivotal pivotal time in history where a lot of us are kind of getting away from groups of people. Um, we're kind of more on our own. We're not getting together with people. And to me, like, what better way to do that than through fitness and something that you, like, you know, should be doing every day. Yeah, I see group fitness in general is becoming bigger and bigger. And I see all these little places kind of popping up, like Orange Theory, things like that, yeah. that, that kind of uh, bring all that together. Um, for spin, like uh, for cycling, do you prefer the like spin class or do you prefer biking outside, like on an actual bike? Uh, you know what? I like this. Is, my boyfriend's in the room. We like <laughs> you go like tate a tate at this one. <laughs> so like I I like biking uh, outside for like a purpose, like to like commute. Like I love commuting. But if I had to pick my favorite thing, like I love a group fitness class, like a spin class, um, just because. I don't know. I still haven't really quite found the words to describe it. Well, like, I imagine the energy would be different yeah. because you're in front of people in yeah. a spin class with music going. And, and you just feel everyone's energy. And I yeah. think that, like, there's been more science and you watch more Netflix specials on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to more podcasts on this. That there's, like, a certain energy when people get together in a room and you feel it. Definitely. Like, it's just something that you can't explain. Like, it's kind of electric and you can't duplicate it. Like, for me, every class is different. Like, there's not one class that I could be like, oh, this is exactly the same. Like, you're going to have different people in it. You're going to have a different experience. You're going to have different music. You're going to have different vibe that goes with it, even though it's the same room. So to me, I think that's really special. And I think that um, taking time – like, honestly, my motto is, like, your workout doesn't have to suck. Like, <laughs> you literally – like, we do so many shitty things as adults. Like, we mm -hmm. have to pay taxes and, like, you know, like, I don't know, go to the doctor, go to the dentist. Like, that yeah. stuff sucks. Like, yep. why would you, like, force yourself to do a workout that you hate to do? Like, life is way too short. We have so many options. We're so lucky to live in a, like, time that we do where we have the opportunity to, like, actually enjoy life. So – even though you're kind of suffering a little bit through a workout, it doesn't have to be crappy. It can make you feel we're, good. Yeah, it's, it's weird. We're in this, like, interesting time where uh, the gym is no longer this, like, um, typical idea of just treadmills or just weights, right? That's I feel like that's the idea when people think of gyms. 
now it's like this whole melding together of even like I'm a personal trainer at Good Life and yeah. they're just kind of melding together of like I'm not just going to push you as hard as I can to make you lose weight. I'm also going to help you better your posture, things like that. So it's kind of this melding together of different specialties, yeah. uh, stretching and massage therapy, uh, fascial mobility, things like that. And then even even in the classes, I see that and, and, and you're a prime example of that, like boxing, cycling. What else is there? Uh, yoga and uh, boot camp. Okay, so they're all called... This See, so there's yeah. uh, Cycle, Crush, which is boxing, mm-hmm. Camp, which is boot camp, and Calm, which is yoga. I should mention I have a background in marketing, so I, cool. I love nice. I was, like, very excited to, like, <laughs> do, do my, like, own brand and do my own, like, company because I was like, I can market it the way I want to, finally. So it's just, like, that opportunity to get creative. Like, I love getting creative and thinking outside the box. That sounds so cliche, but it's, like, 100% true. It's, like, my jam. Yeah, so. I see working out now is almost two different realms where there's me so for me I'm training for Spartan races so Mm -hmm. it's the really competitive side of me in the gym just trying to push and get better but then I like to sprinkle in those classes whether it's a a boot camp style workout whether it's um, I swear by doing yoga once a week now but it is you get that little bit of extra energy I mean you can get that in spots when you see maybe you cross somebody's path that and I find if you're going to the same gym, you almost find that community within there. So you're saying hi to the people that you that you connect with and, and they give you that little boost of energy. But there's something different when you're in that class and you just you feel that you're all sharing that energy yeah. together. And I, I can only imagine it actually is one of my goals to eventually be an instructor in a class, too. But even being involved, I just know I don't have the necessary time. Like I'm sort of doing <laughs> doing all these all different the things. things. And that's that's maybe one of my biggest uh downfalls is like putting my plate too full and then not being able to do to put myself fully in the tasks that I'm really passionate and Riley is an idea generator yeah there's the creative types for sure and I just yeah I need to be constantly creating (laughs) and doing things and and following ideas and then it's I say it's always throw things at the wall and whatever sticks. That's the ones that I that I go with. So it's just a constant process too. Honestly, I think that's like the key. I hate this word, like to entrepreneurship. I don't like the word entrepreneur. I think it's because I went to like entrepreneur like as a kid school and I like did terrible at it. Like I asked for like did a camp and I was like, Ugh. Um, I think that like we have this idea of like business being this absolute thing, but really it's just trial and error and you're just coming up with new ideas. And that's what's been so great about what we've done is like trying different pop-ups places and trying different formats and trying different things and just seeing what sticks, seeing what people like, seeing when they're showing up, when they're not showing up and just trying to be like, you know, trying to be nimble and trying to just like move with the flow of it, which is, you know, sometimes scary when you've got money on the line. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's just the process. That's just life. That's how you have to like look at it. You can't look at things in absolutes and be like, okay, well, just because somebody did it this way doesn't mean it's the right way. You have to try out a bunch of different things to see what actually works. And so for me, that's how we've treated our workouts. So on Sundays, um, we launched like our pop-up. at the We're at the Forks doing spin classes there. So we added in yoga on Sundays. And honestly, it's been like so nice to do like a really crazy spin class. And then just we push the bikes aside because we've got that space. And we unroll our mats. And um, Amanda... I can't say her last name. Shift Yoga. That's how you can find her. Shift Winnipeg on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, and then um, Ash Bourgeois is another one of our, our yoga instructors. And they're so good. They come in on Sundays. And it's just really just setting that foundation for when we actually open our doors. Like I thought to myself, like I've never seen any, like, you know, 
studio or fitness studio do it where they like open a business before they open a business. Um, so I thought to myself, like, why not? You know, if I have the equipment, we just start building a following and a client base before we actually open our doors. And that'll set us up for like the greatest amount of success. And then it allows those clients who have been with us and, you know, people who are like teacher training to have a say in the business. Like, I think that's important. I get like, it's not just mine. It's my clients. It's, it's, uh, it's the instructors. It's, it's everybody's. I don't want to just be this person that sits there and is like, this is how it's going to look. And here's the plan. We have to follow it. Like, Mm -hmm. I want people to give me feedback on like our boxing class. I want people to give feedback on our, uh, spin class. I want people to let me know how they think of like the room configuration. Um, I think that's really important things. And then people have a sense of buy-in and like, when do you ever get the opportunity to, you know, have a say in something that you get to be part of, Exactly. right? Like you walk into a business that's kind of already set, you go buy your coffee or whatever. Um, but now I thought it would be different. Like I always wanted to, you know, have a say in something that I knew I was going to be a part of every day. So my favorite story like that, and it's something I I'll tell when it's, I think, those big businesses that get to that point and are unwilling to change. I always tell the Blockbuster story where it's, how big was Blockbuster in the 90s? There was one on every corner. That's where you went to go get your movies. Multi-billion dollar company. Where are they now? There's one Blockbuster left in the world and there's a joke Twitter about mm-hmm. it and it's kind of hilarious. But um, but no, and and did they have the funds? They could have started something like Netflix or at least invested or bought them out so at any point. Funny story is that they actually, it was pitched by someone to that company to start a streaming service and they thought it was a dumb idea and that no one would get it, would ever buy into it. So they didn't do it. Yeah. And, and then Netflix came along and shut them down basically. And so it's when you're adverse to change or you don't listen to people or good ideas that are coming in your door, that's when things die. So it's it's like, especially I think in the early phases is like, and continuing that through the process, but just being open to new ideas and open to you know, the feedback from, from either clients or customers, whatever you're involved with. But yeah, that's my favorite example in terms of like, you have to be willing to, to change and come up with creative things. You know, and that's kind of how SoulCycle started. So SoulCycle started in New York and it was like their first of their kind of a boutique spin studio where people weren't really doing that. Like there was just kind of like yoga. Um, but SoulCycle started that way where like two women got together and were like, you know, there's something's missing. Like we want to create this thing. And they created something that had never existed before. And they spent $200,000, got a space. They didn't even have a sign outside their door. Like, it was like a fluke in their lease agreement. So what they would do is they take a rickshaw, they, like, spray-painted it yellow and bring it outside on the streets of New York and, like, with their logo on it and their name. Um, But they wouldn't, like, it's crazy how big and, like, successful they are now. But back in the day, they would only have two or three people coming to the classes wow. when they started out. Like, I think there's this huge misconception that, like, when you see these, like, really amazing companies that they started out, like, when they opened their doors, like, everyone was rushing in. But that's not how not it goes. Case. Like, it takes yeah. still takes time. And you have to kind of honor that process. And it's scary because, you know, there's a checklist. Like, I'm, like, I've spent years going to different cities and like I said like living in Calgary you in your mind you're like okay here's the checklist of how to open a boutique fitness studio I'm like get a room make sure it's dark have candles like you know mm-hmm. have mind body like you know like the booking software like there's this like pretend checklist mm-hmm. and you have a moment where you're like okay well I can you know, take a risk and change the way things are because I think that they could be done differently. And like, I don't know, 
talk to me maybe in like a year and we'll see where we're at because <laughs> just we haven't opened our doors yet. But I just, I feel strongly about like you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I think that there's opportunity to change. If you don't like what you got, like you can change it. Like it's your opportunity. Well, it so. almost seems crucial in this day and age to set yourself apart because there's so much of everything. And Oh, totally. Like the gyms are, in Winnipeg, they pop up nonstop, like everywhere. There's always a new gym, it seems, popping up. So unless you're able to differentiate yourself in some way, I feel like you just kind of fall into that, the the mud of just being the same of every, as everyone else. When I think like lots of people too, they get really caught up in the competition, but I read this article and I think it really rings true as like the, the other companies that have put companies out of business, they didn't know about when they went into business. So it's like, yeah. it's never the competition that you can see, it's the future competition that's coming. So you just have to set yourself up in a way that, you know, allows you to make changes and be fluid because I think that that's so, like you're saying, it's so important in today's day and age, like not just being different, but having that opportunity to grow. It's important. That must be so cool to have these pop-ups though and see people already engaging with both your your teachers or like the people in front and then also like the different classes that you're already doing before you're ever open because I think oftentimes it's like you open the doors and you have to wait and you have to build. And so you've already seen people become involved in in the community gym like you've already you've already put your product out there and seen people engage well it's interesting because like a lot of spin studios open with like 30 or more bikes and so when you teach a class to like let's say 10 people um and there's 30 bikes in the room it feels awkward and it's like uncomfortable so i was like that's an issue so i was like how can i figure out like how to create a space that's you know basically like Tetris where I can like maybe have two classes running at once um, and just try to shrink the space with the bikes. So, you know, instead of having all 30 bikes out, maybe we have a system where we could tuck them away and have 15 bikes and run a 15 person. So that 15 person spin class feels like a 50 person spin class. So yeah. it's just like looking at like where there was holes and where there's issues and how can we fix that and how can we create a space, you know, that is adjustable for those different class sizes and at different times of day. That's, and just, yeah. you know, cause that's like, I'm speaking from like, you know, going to a gym, like you're very rigid, like yeah. in like your space. And then when you look at it from a business model standpoint, like every square footage is opportunity to make money. So to me, like it's kind of the same kind of business model as you would a uh, hotel. That's a very uh, business oriented look at it. And I, I like it because you're, you're kind of op- trying to optimize space, but yeah. also by doing so, I think you're bringing people closer together too. So you, you spoke about like having 30 bikes and only like 10 people in the room. Um, I've noticed when that happens, the people tend to spread out too. Yeah, oh, you know, totally. like be a far away, you have every corner of the room. <laughs> My boyfriend who's in, in the, the room today, we <laughs> had 15 people in the class and he went right to the back. I'm like, what are you <laughs> yeah, doing? Yeah, like, yeah. are you serious? So by, yeah, by getting rid of some of those bikes and bringing everything closer together, you're getting those people together and creating yeah. more engagement with them too. Oh, so it totally. becomes less awkward and that energy becomes more fulfilling. Yeah, but I mean, like people want to like not be close together. Like they want to be like as far away as possible, but you, I don't know, there's something about, for me, I get like, I also like being competitive. So like when there's somebody else in the room, I'm like, win. Like even though there's like no leaderboard, there's nothing. I just like in my head, I was like, I want to be the best. Like that thing just like triggers well, in your yeah. mind. Even when I'm not in a class and I've talked about this before, I, I cardio, I do uh, cardio on a bike mostly because I had ACL surgery. So it's one of the few things I still can do. Yeah. Um, although I could probably branch out now. <laughs> I, I, I actually really like the bike. 
but just even in the gym, like the normal bikes in a row, that's not even part of a class. Like if someone's like three bikes away from me because no one wants to sit on the bike right next to you, I'll like peek over and, and check out what level they're at and how many calories they've burned yeah. and like what their intensity is and try to up that a little bit. I like I those were my favorite parts about boot camp was that like I did my cousin's boot camps and they were so good. I hope she I think she's going to bring them back soon, but um they were so great and it was just girls. And so to me uh as a female like like I felt like it's different from like working out with a group of guys and girls where it's like I know guys and they like totally kick my ass in the gym like that's just like physiologically how it is for the most part. Um, and we'll get to guys and girls working out in, in like, it's going to be a good segue, I promise. But I worked out with just girls and like my competitive brain goes, cause I'm like, I'm going to fucking kick every chick's ass. In this <laughs> I was like, I know it. Nice. I know it. Like I just like, I, like something goes on or like there's another girl that's at my level and then we're pushing each other. I mean, no one's keeping track, but it just like, it keeps you accountable. Like, whereas I hate working out by myself. I hate the gym. Like I can, cannot stand it. Like I get bored. I don't go very hard. I hate counting. So it's just like. I wanted to create something that made me feel like it's kind of like my own project for myself, I guess. It's a little bit selfish. But um, I also wanted to create a space where, like, guys and girls could work out together. I really felt that unless, like, I don't know, I'm not a dude, but I kind of, like, observed something, was that unless you did CrossFit or worked out by yourself in the gym, like, as a man over the age of, like, you know, 22, like, and you don't play beer league hockey, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah. I was like, what sort of, like, way are you taking your, care of yourself from, like, a physical standpoint? Like, I felt like, you know, boutique uh, fitness classes were very geared towards women, which is fine. That's going to, like, just naturally happen. Because um, I think girls call each other up and are like, hey, you want to go to spin class? Whereas, like... <sighs> You guys probably aren't, like, at home being like, hey, man, want to go to a spin class? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's something that's, like, like society doesn't allow for. And so, to me, I wanted to change that. Like, yeah. I wanted to make a space that, like, was safe for, like, guys and girls to come work out. And to me, that was very important because I don't think I fit a traditional, like, you know, feminine mold. Like, and so, to me, I felt, like, a little bit lost. Like, I didn't like working out growing up. I, like was not cool in like junior high or high school. Like I, you know, I barely worked out. And when I worked out, it was because my mom told me it's because you have to like look good. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, we got to go for a run. You got to like lose some weight. And like, <laughs> like that's what was beaten into me like year over year over year. And so that's how I like motivated myself to work out was because, you know, I had a really big meal. And so I was like, okay, well now I got to go work out. And I'd be like in my basement trying to like go through a women's health magazine being like, how do I do a push up? Like, I just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And it just was all not fun. Like I loved running and I loved putting on music and like just finding that space by myself and that I've stuck with for years and years and years. But outside of that, there wasn't really like anything. And so it wasn't until after I graduated um, university that I decided to run my first half marathon. I had time, like, you know, like had a full-time job. I can like, I made money. So I was like, well, what am I going to do with all this disposable <laughs> income and time on my hands now? So I was like, I might as well, you know, run some like half marathons. And I started training for that. And I just started going to different workouts, like started at Shapes doing their spin class and just started to see what I liked. And honestly, it's funny if you had told me like 10 years ago that I'd be doing this, I would have been like, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> That'll um, never work. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would have said to myself. You're crazy. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's kind of just like letting your, 
I know it's going to sound so cheesy, but then you're like soul do the talking. It's like you can try to swim against it all you want, but like for the past five years, it's just, I've always come back to this. Like people you run into are like, have you opened that spin studio yet? And you're like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they remind you, like, you know, like they know, people know. And like there's little like signs you get that, you know, tell you. Yeah, tell you, you what you're supposed to yeah, be doing. exactly. Yeah. You just got to listen to that. And so that's where I'm at. Like speaking from somebody who, you know, I like was – I rode the pine all through high school. I was on the team for enthusiasm, <laughs> but I was like, but talent, there was none, you know? Like, so I like, but I had enthusiasm. Um, and to like go from there to like opening my own, you know, fitness facility is mind boggling, but I want it to like, you know, tell anybody that you can do what you really want to do. Like mm -hmm. if, and, and that fitness is accessible. Like you don't, like I ran Spartan with my dad and Mark, two years ago. Oh, wow. So we trained for it. And like, my dad is probably one of my biggest, like, I look up to him so much. He's so great. I'm with a bunch of dudes, so I'm not going to cry. Um, like he's, <laughs> he lives out in Victoria. He's living his best life. He like bikes every day. Um, but he's almost 60 and like, he can, he just like hands me my ass. Like he just like, it's not even a question. Like we were running the Spartan race and it was in Vancouver and like, we were up to our knees in snow. This was June. I picked Vancouver on like Seymour because I thought there'd be, I thought it'd be warm. Like I was like, June in Vancouver sounds great. Like, let's do it. That's why I picked that one. Like versus September at like, I think it's like Kimberly. They do a really big one. Uh, July is Kimberly. <sighs> I'll be doing that one. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so I, the year I was doing that, that was in September and someone told me it snowed and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do a Spartan race when it snows. And then uh, we did it and there was like, a foot of snow, like two feet of snow. Like it was up to my knees. Like it was horrible. But my dad like would go up the mountain ahead of me on like round two because I'm the type of person who's like, I'm not going to do the short one. I'll do the long one. Like <laughs> I'll just do the long one as my first one and it's going to be great. And so the second loop, he went up and he ran ahead of me and he like looked back and he's like, are you coming? And he like waited for me. Like he could have like done, like being a 60 year old man, he could have, he was the only person in his age group running. Wow. Um, Good for him. And he could have done way better, but he decided to like hang back and wait for me. And to me, like, that's where I want to be. Like, that's what I want to feel like when I'm 60. And I think we all have that opportunity. Like to me, I don't view health as like a way to look good or feel good. Like in this moment, it's like an investment in myself for the future. Cause I look at my dad and like, he's just living his best life. Like he, that's a prime example too. I, I, I run into so many people that, that just kind of accept like they have the back problems, they've like they turned in shoulders, and they think that like they see the the old person with the walker or on the cane, yes. and like that's them older later in life. It doesn't have to be. No, and it's like that. That's what this is about. Like this isn't like about me being thirty and like looking hot, like you know, posting butt selfies. <laughs> like it's like it's like it's about me being like sixty and being like I can like you know take it like go go like I so badly want to take my dad to Tibet, like go track India, like. I want to be able like, and I, that's not even a question in my mind because my dad could totally do it. Like, and he can kick my ass. Like, like, so to me, I'm like, I want to be like that when I'm 60. So to me, it's it, like, and he's a big fan of meditation. He meditates like at least for an hour every morning. Like it's, it's not just about like the body, like he takes very good care of his body, but he like also like made a switch over the past like five, 10 years to really like focus on the mind because it's all interconnected. And to me, like, that's what I, if I could help provide that to people, like, I could like my entire childhood my dad couldn't even like shoulder check because his back was so bad like he wow. like he is he was always in like a physical labor like he fixed cars he owned his own automotive company and so he was just he couldn't even run like he was just so 
you know, messed up. And he would, he saw chiropractors, he saw surgeons, he saw like everybody. Was he on like, like pain medication or anything? No, he just would like, you know, he would take like Robaxaset, like nobody's business. Like yeah. he just like would just lie there when he'd get a back attack. And like, I just, that's what I remember. And like, it's funny because now I'm 30 and that's like, I couldn't imagine like, you know, he was going through that in his 30s with young kids and like just couldn't move. And so he got into um, mountain biking and uh, met a coach, like a fantastic coach who's in the city um, and taught him about trigger point therapy and like myofascial release and like just eating better and like, you know, strengthening your like your core, like lots of our problems just come from our like very tight hips. Yep. And so I mm-hmm. think people don't think that they're that it's like they're simple solutions that take a lot of work. So you have to like be willing to put in the time and the energy like day after day to like really strengthen it. And to me, I think that people think that, you know, I got to do all this crazy stuff like, you know, and that's impossible. So I'm just going to like, ex- like you're saying, like, accept that this is my fate and this is who I'm going to be. And that's usually taught to us intrinsically from our parents. And I've just been really lucky to have healthy parents. And so to me, if I can like show other people that like, I want to be able to open other people's eyes that they don't have to live in pain. They don't have to like be stuck. Yeah. In the I body. don't, I don't know why people just accept that that's going to be the way it is. The, the problem with like modern uh, medicine or doctors, and I don't want to throw, there are some great doctors out there, but a lot of them treat the symptom and not the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the problems can be dealt with w- over time by basically doing what you just said, like the, the myofascial, uh, myof- my- I can't talk my <laughs> um, like things like that. And, and it's like when you take pain medication, all it is is just blocking something that's not getting better. In fact, yeah. it's probably getting worse because you don't realize that it's there until that pain medication wears off. Well, and I think that's like, you know, it, everything's interconnected. And like, I think you have to like feel the pain. Like, I think we like life is suffering. Like, you know, you're going to get injured. Like that's going to happen. You're going to go through things. Our bodies are going to age. That's a part of life. And, for some reason in society, we try to like block it all out. Like as a woman, I'm not allowed to age. Like I have to like look young and fresh all the time. Like as soon as I turn 45, like I am dead to the world. Like, you know, so it's like, but why? Like aging can be this beautiful process. Like I feel like I am way more happier at the age of 30 than I am at 20. Like if you ask me at 20 years old, I didn't know who I was or what I was doing. I didn't feel good about myself. Like I didn't have a direction. I didn't know where I was going, but like, I think we have this idea in our heads that, you know, after a certain age, we don't, you know, think about our lives anymore. We just think, okay, like after, I don't know, we have this like pretend set age unconsciously in our minds that like after it, it's like done. Yeah. And like, I think that just comes from like society and our families. And I think that somebody told me, uh, messaged me, I was a guy I worked with and he messaged me a couple weeks ago. He's like, you know, I really remembered about something you said, like, a few years ago and I was like oh god what did I tell you (laughs) and he's like people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five and so like if you think about it I think we have this like you I feel like fitness and movement you can apply to like any sort of facet of life it's really just like this metaphorical thing but if you look at it people think like okay I'm gonna you know try to lose a ton of weight and get in crazy shape and train for this thing in three months but they don't think of like What's the next? bigger picture, yeah. like when you're done that, like what happens? then yeah. you're like, okay, now I go back and sit on my couch and like atrophy and watch Netflix. Like, like I fall into that category too. So I've tried to like, you know, 
think of ways to like always keep myself moving and going. And it's hard when you're not like drawn to a goal. But I think, you know, the best shape I've ever been is when I was, you know, consistently doing strength training three times a week with a group of girls at boot camp and then teaching spin class three times a week. You know, like it's just you don't have to do it that way. Like you just have to find a, your own rhythm and just find your own movement. And honestly, like the rest falls into place. And I think that we try to overcomplicate it and we try to like try to bite off too much that we can chew that it like really puts a sour taste in our mouth from the whole process of it. That we're like, well, I tried that and I hurt, tore my ACL or I tore my, you know, my knee. I'm like, well, yeah, you went from zero to 100 real quick. And like, so that's what scares me when like I open a gym and people are like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, just come in, like, don't come in too hot. Just small steps, small baby steps. Like my mother-in-law comes in and she like has a tore ACL and she comes to my spin class, but she just sits the whole time. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to get mad at you for sitting the whole time. I would rather you come move your body than sit at home and not be able to do that. Like, I think you have to find your own pace. Yeah. And to me, that's important. And I try to instruct that every single class. I mean, you can dial it right in and have a face melting workout whatever, wherever yeah. you're at. So. In fact, I think that's the uh, the one big resistance I hear from most people who <laughs> have interest in taking a class yeah. but are too scared to because they feel like they can't live up to the expectations that everyone else is going at or the, the level everyone else and, and they don't realize you can go at your own pace. Oh, you yeah. You don't have – don't worry about who whatever the next person's doing. My saying is like it doesn't get – easier you just get stronger yeah like because you're always you can always level up like you can keep going like i like i don't know like i still go so hard that i puke sometimes and i'm like i like (laughs) you know what i mean like i like i can't i can't not sometimes like so i feel like but when i'm trained like it's a different output right and then the the discomfort's the same, but, you know, where you're at in the process is different. So I think you just have to honor the process. And I think people, I feel like that's, and it's, it's very bad for millennials. Like, I think I come by it naturally because it's just part of, like, growing up millennial. I feel like I should write a book. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> millennial, I was like, we're, we're geared to win everything. Like, yeah. you know, like when I played sports, like I remember being a kid and never wanting to join a sports team because I felt that those feelings. Like, I can't go. I remember being in grade four in gymnastics and the girls were in grade two. And I was like, no, I can't. Like, because there was already this, like, you know, I wasn't good enough already. I knew that as, like, a, in grade four. Like, so I feel like we all have this, like, level of feeling where we don't feel adequate enough to step into a social situation. And so we just don't do it. Yeah. And I think that I, I don't know, through, like, a series of marketing and convincing people, perhaps that they will come out <laughs> and not feel that way. And I think that comes from, like, like, you know, having people um, word of mouth just be like, no, no, you have to come. Like that was such – it was such a good experience. Like I love it. Like I – and that's how people end up coming out and trying something new. So I did dance class for the first time this week. I was supposed to last Monday. That I had it planned out. Yeah. I, I have shreduary planned out, which is my month that – it was last year making a big transition to start getting ready for these Spartan races and signed up at the end of the month. But – this year, I've come up with challenges for every one of my workouts, and I didn't make it out to dance class. Sometimes life gets in the way, but Money, it's Monday, more for fun. Monday, beginner hip-hop with Shad. That's Is exactly that where yeah. I was going to yeah. go. Yeah, drop yeah. and dance. Same idea. She, like, started these pop-ups and then, like, just grew the business. Like, I don't know. It's something nice. to be said to try something out and see how it goes. I don't know her, but I'm like, wherever she is, she's a smart, smart lady. And Shad's amazing. He's come to my spin class. I'm like, Shad, you have to come. And so he's like, 
like basically we had a swap off. Like he came to my spin class and I like went to his nice. hot hip hop and I was like, literally felt like I should have been like jazz. <laughs> like I was like this, I was like, I am not cool. Like I, no matter how hard I try here, I am not cool. What I would say, I really like the mindset that you have. So it's the, I was picturing it as there's a lot of people that see barriers to mm -hmm. starting to work out or any kind of regimen, right? And some of those are, it's tough because there's the self-imposed barriers and excuses and things that get in the way. But then there are literal physical or intellect, anything, emotional yeah. challenges of even stepping in that door. So whatever you can do to rid those barriers or at least make them less and, and make an inviting place, like that's an amazing thing. But then I think the other thing that was that was spoken about was there's also the hyper competitiveness or the extremism that is also detrimental to people. I see like the bodybuilders that pack full of steroids and shit and like it's that's not sustainable. And that's no. not I, I liked how you said at 60, you can do these things or like, you know, I want to be able to do this at 60. And so if that's the goal for people is, you know, maybe you do get into that competitive realm. I mean, it is fun to be competitive and we even said it like the person on the treadmill beside you when you're racing along like that's that can be a motivator right yeah. but there is the extremism that's a danger but then you can also use that and you can fall in line it's just it is creating that rhythm for where you are in life mm -hmm. and being able to stay active and i think it is cyclical i think being healthy physically leads into your job your life your emotional and social health and even your spiritual health so it's all these things together can really help holistically heal a person. And I think a lot of times people, it's like if you're averse to it your whole life, it's like you don't get that experience. And so that's a shame. So anything that people are doing to decrease those barriers, I think are awesome. So I love that mindset is, is what I wanted to share. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I always call it the foundation. Like when I'm in class, like I try to always teach in a way that's like, you know, not gearing towards like, oh, you know, you're going to burn this many calories this class. Like, I'll never say that. It's like that will, those are words that will never come out of my mouth. Maybe in a joking way, I'd be like, I don't know. I'd probably find something funny and weird to say it. But it'd be like you're laying the foundation. Like you're laying the grit. And it's not just about like – I feel like the physicality, like your physicalness, like comes – like that comes secondary. I feel like if you're able to find a way to move your body that you that your body agrees with – it makes you feel good um, and that like, you know, pushes you to like outside of your comfort zone and makes you feel uncomfortable in a, in a good way. Like we, there's a difference between like painful and discomfort. Mm -hmm. I think that we are trying to always get out of that discomfort. Like we literally live our lives just to be comfortable. Like think about that. Like we live our lives so like, you know, so that we're not uncomfortable, whether it's like, oh, I have enough money so I can go out to buy a nice meal or, you know, I have my job so that I can like live in this house that I kind of like, you know, so when we have a workout, we're like literally, you know, making ourselves uncomfortable. But there's a way that you can make yourself uncomfortable and feel like, I don't know, this is going to sound really hokey, but like spiritually at ease. Like mm -hmm. you're like when you're in yoga and you're stretching and it's like uncomfortable, but you know, like you're breathing through it and you know that this is like good for my body and that like this is the end result that is going to, that I'm gearing towards, you know, or whether it's in a spin class and you know, you're going harder than you thought possible and you're like breathing and you're just trying to make it through and it's really uncomfortable, but you know that like that discomfort is going to help strengthen you you know, and so to me, I call it laying that foundation. And so to me, it's like that 
physical grit, but it's also preparing you mentally so that when you do, you know, run into those encounters in life where you're getting uncomfortable, whether that be at work and you have to have an uncomfortable conversation or, you know, in your relationship at home where, you know, like you get a new dog and you're like, oh my God, it's shitting everywhere. Like, <laughs> like, you're about to lose your mind. Like you have like this, like, you know, like you've, You've tested yourself in a way that allows you to be more patient, that allows you to breathe through it, that allows you to know that, you know, I've got that, like, mental foundation set, like, that grit to allow me to get through this situation because I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, to me, that that's always what, like, every workout has somehow been about. And to me, like, there's something about a spin class. I don't know why. But, like, and I feel like other people have felt this too um, where you're just, like, in a three-minute race and, like, you don't think you can do it, but something inside of you, the energy in the room, yeah. like you dig a little deeper and you go a little harder. And then after all the endorphins are rushing and you're like, I feel like I'm amazing. Like, <laughs> like you leave that room and you're like, I didn't know I could ever feel this good. And to me, like, I feel like those are the, the rewards our bodies are giving us for like, you know, challenging ourselves to get us ready to go out into that like outside world. I, that's just always how I felt about it, like, now, after experience. That's crazy. I love spin class, um, and I, I try to push uh, almost all my clients to do it for that exact reason that you just mentioned, because it there's this, this yeah, there's this weird energy that you get from it that pu- almost allows you to push harder than you've ever pushed before that mm-hmm. you didn't know you had in you. And it's, it's the same energy you feel if you've ever run, like, a half marathon. Yeah, and exactly. you're, like, with all these people, and you're, like, I – like. We're just talking about it in class today after yoga. Like all of us were laughing where you're like at the beginning, you're super excited and you're like, oh my God, energy. And then like halfway through, you're like crying. Like I didn't know my body could do this. And then like almost to the end, you're like, I don't think I can do this. Like what if I don't make it? I don't think like I can actually finish. And then you finish and you feel like amazing. Like there's this like this little like ebb and flow of emotion that you go through. And like, I don't feel that way when I'm running by myself, like, you know, in fact, if I'm running by myself, I usually like stop running and I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I'm like, Why am I doing this? So I push through, but it is those those peaks and valleys. But I think it's there's almost something again, you were even saying that you can take almost those lessons or philosophies towards life, too. But it's like, oh, yeah, when you go through those tough times and then you're able to push through and you accomplish, how good is that feeling on yeah. the other side? Yeah. And I've had that in workouts. I've had it during workouts where all of a sudden you get this blissful feeling. That's maybe the best word I can use yes. to describe it. But it's it's like you feel on top of the world and that you can conquer everything. But in that same, and I felt I find that's on the treadmill. That could be on a bike. That could be during yoga. There's different feelings. But it's like I could be that one minute, and then the next minute be like, oh shit, I gotta run like four more seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You're this. like, damn, it's only song three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, I gotta make it to the end. <laughs> and then there's sometimes where. And I found when it's, I absolutely push my complete hardest at the end of the workout when I pass out on the mat yeah. and I just take a breath and I go, I made it. And you just have this like, this yeah. elated feeling where you're just like, oh, I made it through. I pushed, I did my workout. I got better today. And yeah. you're like, maybe it was a PR, maybe it was whatever, whatever it was. But that feeling is just like, I wish I could live there. That's that like sublime, blissful feeling and, and like... But that's what you live for in terms of whatever you're doing, but especially being able to accomplish in the gym. It's like, I think people that do it sort of, you live for those days and then you fight through the days that are like, fuck, I don't even want to put on my clothes today. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's everything. It takes everything just to get in the door in the morning. Yeah. But it's it's fighting through that discomfort 
uh, that gets you there and knowing that it, it, you'll eventually get there that gets you through that discomfort, I, th I think, anyways. Um, and I, I think a lot of people spend too much time trying to be comfortable with where they are instead of trying to be a little bit uncomfortable because they think it's going to be painful. And, yeah. and I think, like you said, it doesn't have to be painful. Discomfort's not pain. I literally have never articulated this, but this is, like, how I've always, like, thought it would be is that, like, we work so hard to, like, maintain this homeostasis, this, like, comfort level, but it isn't through – it's through, like, pushing yourself to a point of discomfort that you, like, take it above that mm -hmm. comfort level. Like, you're in this, like, other zone, like, that blissful state that you're in where you're, like – holy crap, I didn't know I could get here. Like, I feel amazing. Like, you – and you feel who you are. Like, I feel like that's really what it is. Like, for me, that's the feeling I get is, like, this is – I feel proud of who I am. Like, this is – in this moment, like, I don't question myself or I don't question right. where I'm at. Like, you're just living in this, like, you know, not past or present, like, just in the – like, mm. not past or future, but this, like, present moment. Yeah. And to me, I think that, like, those are the – like, those are the spaces that I don't feel that, like – society is really captured or talked about very often like it's like fitness is this there's two way, there's two ways to market fitness there's one is through aspiration and there's like the second one is through like um inspiration so aspiration is like that really attractive person or like you know really yeah. like you, you can know, be this that you girl be here, posing yeah. with her butt on instagram where you're like oh i like that could be me um so that's like aspirational like i want to be her whereas inspirational is like when you get on the instagram stories and they're like talking about like how hard their lives are and you're like oh they're real people or like those like before and after photos like those are like the inspiration like oh i can do that that could be me so there's two ways of marketing it and to me like i've never felt good about either like, I think just, like, leading by example and, like, I don't know. It's so hard. Like, I think, especially being female, like, I feel like there's this huge standard, like, about, like, oh, if I do this, will people think that? Or if I say this or if I post this or if I do that? Like, you're always thinking about how this is going to be perceived. But at the end of the day, you have to – for me, I try to make decisions, like, with my gut. And I try to – if it feels good, then do it um, because – at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who disagrees with you mm -hmm. and how you're going to do it. But to me, when you take a step back and you look at how fitness is talked about, it's usually from like those two avenues is like aspirational versus inspirational. And like next time you go to post something, think about like what angle you're coming at when you're talking about fitness, because usually it's one of those two angles where you're like inspiration or aspiration. And for me, I've never felt super aspirational. <laughs> like I don't think people look at me like, oh, I totally want to be like that girl. I totally, like she looks like super hot. Like I don't ever think that or, you know, live my life thinking that way. Um, I feel like that inspirational side to me has always been something that's drawn me and attracted me to things versus that aspirational avenue. Like I just, the realness of it just is always aligned with who I am more. Yeah, I've... I struggle with that, and I have struggled with that in terms of it's trying to be genuine, but then it's also the worry of how things are perceived, yeah. especially in a corporate job. I know yeah, that. Yeah. Like, um, but it, it is, God, like, it, it's hard to do those two things and remain true to yourself, but I've even seen in my own life, like, you, it's only in reflection sometimes that you see your own life, but I see the inspiring people as, like, it's attention seeking sometimes too. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. I really, I think there's too many inspirational people. Like I wish I was more like that in terms of just do things, be yourself, 
be authentic to that. And whoever gravitates towards that or takes something from it, that's 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 what you should seek to accomplish. And I think it's kind of scary because it's like, you know, you try to be who you are and you try to be authentic and you're like, fingers crossed people like this and mm-hmm. I can make a living so I can continue this for a while. Like, you know, like that's the scary part. So you feel that social pressure to be like, okay, well, I see that they're doing, these people over here are doing that, so maybe I should try that. But if it doesn't feel authentic to you, then I, I don't know. I'm of a, I'm a firm believer too that it's like, I have to be authentic in what I'm doing. I could not be disingenuous. Just, I, I don't think I have it in me. And um, honestly, like, I think just life is better when you're authentic, when you can live moments genuinely and you're not trying to hide who you are. Like, this is for greater or for worse. And, you know, a good friend of mine posted um, this really great, uh, she's a professor at St. Boniface College and she's brilliant so brilliant and she posted about like how on social media we're like i have no idea what i'm doing like that's like our <laughs> default thing we're like i'm real like yeah. but you do know what you're doing like you know you are smarter than you're giving yourself credit for like think about like how far you've come and like i'm super like i'm super bad for that where i'm like i don't know like i just do me and i just hope for the best like i don't know i'm just being who i'm being but at the end of the day like really i do have experience like i've you know, I've been to hundreds of spin classes across North America. I've done my research. Like, I know what I want to do. And I may not have all the answers right now, but, like, eventually <laughs> you will. So I think it's, like, like as they come and you have to, like, kind of find that balance between being, like, who you are and being okay to make mistakes in front of people. It's part of the process. Sorry, I'm listening. I, you just <laughs> reminded me of, of, of a quote by Jim Carrey. So this is my personal development journal, and I, I do quote of the days. And every day that I write in here, so it's something that, that really catches my attention. So what you said about being genuine and being yourself, opposed to like marketing yourself and, and trying to do something that everyone else is doing because you feel like that's going to be successful. Um, I just reminded me of this quote, and I, I, I felt this quote by Jim Carrey uh, like really stuck with me when I read it at first. So it goes, uh, uh, "When you create yourself to make it, you're going to have to either let the creation go." and take a chance on being loved or hated for who you really are. Or you're going to have to kill who you really are and fall into your grave grasping onto a character you never were. So I felt that kind of fit that. Uh, yeah. Little. Yeah. I mean, like, there's two ways of looking at, like, make decision making. It's like you can make decisions based off of love or fear. And so, like, you can choose to, like, love who you are and be who you are authentically, or you can be constantly living in fear you know, trying to hide who you are and trying to like Honestly, cover up. And it's just so much easier just to be yourself. <sighs> and and I know it's hard to not worry about what other people are thinking of you, but you kind of have to let it go. And knowing that you like who you are is like an ev- evolving process. Yeah. Like, you know, you're always changing. You're always evolving. You're always growing. And I think that it's really hard because you're like, how do you be authentic when sometimes you don't know who you are? You're like, who am I? Just like, what am I doing? Like, like exactly that. Like, if you had told me five to ten years ago that I'd be doing this, I'd be like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's not who I am. Like, who I am is a communications major who, you know, is going to get a job at corporate working for Patagonia one day. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's what I was going to do. And, like, so when you switch it up and you, like, I for me, I guess, it's not like about what you do, it's like how you do it. Like you, I could be doing this or I could be still working in corporate. Um, but I think like just living every day authentically who you are, like that's the most important piece. Like it's in the little actions. It's not so much the big things. Like again, like it's, 
we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in five. So mm-hmm. like just little days by like little actions throughout the day, like being true to who you are, making those decisions, like, and honestly live with somebody who's completely different than you. He's sitting in the room right now. Like Mark is like exact polar opposite. <laughs> so he's always like, what are you doing? He like brings it to like my attention. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I like, you're right. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, and it's nice to have that like opposing person you're living with and like pointing it out to you yeah. about what you're doing. Cause then you could be more intentional with your decisions. I find it's tough sometimes being in different spaces. Like I, I would say I had a similar uh, trajectory through school where I always felt like an outcast and even in different jobs, it's like, or even different groups of people. I feel like sometimes I can be my full self and be comfortable. And actually I'm thinking of yesterday playing cards against humanity after a touch football game with my close friends and like I won handily and I'm like because I know these people I know their humor I love them like they bring me light I bring that like and it's this reciprocal thing but it's when you're in those spaces like those spaces that take your light for lack of it's a little cliche no it's true but there are those spaces where it's like what you are is not accepted and they, they try and change you and mold you into like what their, like what the group norm is. Yeah. And I think that that's tough when you're in those bubbles. I mean, I think no matter what, you're going to encounter that at times. And I think it's why you get to value your friend groups, your family, or whoever accepts you for who you are. Because it's like when you struggle through that so much, you're like, oh, God, th- these people are a blessing. I need to keep them closer because I can be my full self there. But yeah, I think it's it's tough though. It's tough to like how you stay authentic or genuine in those moments. I think really defines who you are, but it is you you have to sort of create your own path sometimes out of that. I mean, I've even had to do that in my life multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think where you can't be who you are and you feel those like little pulls or like for me it's never pulls. It's like the universe just being like slapping me in the face and being like, ah, and I had to deal with something, like, that's a sign. Like, to me, like, every corp, you can ask, my boyfriend is sitting in the room right now, that I've been, like, kind of through the ringer with corporate. I'm an honest person, and I just care so deeply. And I feel like in corporate, you often have to wear a mask. It's a lot of politics. It's a lot of, like, you know, positioning yourself. I am terrible at that. Like, I am so honest. Like, you can read me like a book. I'll tell you everything. Like, I just care. Like, and so t- sometimes, like, that's not the environment for you. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that about yourself. And you have to, like, be humble enough to be like, you know what? This isn't for me. That's okay. You know, like, I got really far along in my career. Like, really far along. Like, way, like, I made my goals. Like, I became a manager. I got to have a team. Like, I got to have all those things. And there were so many little indicators along the way that it was like, this is just not for you. And that's okay. Like, you know, like it would be just having my ass handed to me or like something political would happen. I'd be like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. You know? And so to me, like, it's not that it's bad. It's like, I kept having this thing, this idea in my head that it was because I was bad at it. It's just like, that's not my path. And that's okay. That could be somebody else's path. Somebody else could be good at that. And you just have to like, you know, know that about yourself and carry on and pick yourself back up and be like, okay, well then what is my path? Where should I be going? And I think it's those really beautiful times as a human being that you get that opportunity to like really decide and let that like natural process happen. And my dad, like I challenged myself recently where I didn't feel like I could be myself. And my dad was like, let like sit with that. Like, don't be so eager to run out of the door. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, sit there and 
take that in, see what that feels like. And the saying he would always say is you can, um, you can be in this world, but not of this world. So it's like, you can be in an environment that makes you feel uncomfortable, like you don't feel like you can be yourself, but that does not mean that that is an absolute and that's who you are. Like, you know, we're going to be stuck. It's like you're saying, you're going to be stuck in those situations in life that make you feel uncomfortable and that don't allow you to be authentically who you want to be. But you sit with that and know that there's like, again, it comes back to fitness, that there's going to be an end to it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're not going to be stuck in that forever. You're not going to be stuck in there forever. No, like start working towards your end game. Start, you know, building towards the goal that you want to like, you know, get to where you can be yourself or, you know, with that ideal state that you want to be in and trust the process. And, you know, you're going to train yourself like I had a particularly challenging summer last summer and I was like, I am going to, you know, give up a large part of a large part of my training and just work on meditation and work on my mind and like garden. Like that was like a lot. Like I usually like go 100, like nonstop have like four jobs and like do seven workouts and like just stack it. And I was like, I'm going to wipe this clean and just focus on like my mind and like getting my mind right. Because to me, like that's, the most important part of you like and it's hard like it's hard just sitting there being quiet like you've literally just listened to me talk for like what feels like probably four hours <laughs> of like verbal diarrhea like I could just be like blah 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 so to me like not be in a social situation not be talking all the time and not be like on social media and not be going to just like stop and sit and like be with like my own thoughts or like try to like stop the thoughts or try to like think of the thoughts or just be quiet was a lot but it like allowed me to you know, stay calm and know that like this present moment or like the past or the future, like worrying about whatever, mm-hmm. like those are just thoughts. Like I couldn't control what was going to happen in my future. And I had to like really work on the fact that I had no control of that and that's okay. And that, you know, I didn't know when something was going to happen or when something bad was happening or good was happening. Someone could tell me at the office that this was going to happen. And I'd be like, ah, but it just trains you to be like, okay, like, you know, that could happen. It could not happen. I'm just going to sit here and not worry about that because, like, literally worry and stress is what, like, kills you from the inside out. So it was just a huge, amazing process, like, that I went through recently. So, yeah, sorry, that was a really weird, long story. No, that was was amazing. Um, I have have almost the opposite issue, whereas I I feel like – and some people argue that I'm not, but I, I know that I'm introverted. So being around, not that I, so I feel like there's this misconception with uh, intro, be introverts and that they're like really socially awkward people that are hard to be around, which is, I don't think completely true. I, there are those people and that's, I think that's called being socially awkward. <laughs> yes. Not introverted. Introverted is like, I can be around social people, but my capacity to to do so is very limited. Like I, I get very exhausted very fast where I need my alone time or if I, I can't be in like large crowds of people for very long, like things like that. Um, so I enjoy those times where I get my thoughts to myself. However, it can also be damaging to me if I do it for too long and stop being social. So I always try to, to I guess, force myself into, and that's why part of the reason why I'm a personal trainer, into social situations because I actually find it very um, self-motivating to hear other people's stories and where they come from to know that like, it grounds my problems to know that other people have problems too. And like, I'm not alone in that. So it's really nice to hear other people's stories and, and to, and in some cases help those people in, in terms of my clients and just hearing people. And that's why I, I like being on this podcast too, is because I get to hear from where people come from, which is always amazing to me because I come out of this podcast feeling 
just on this next level high that like I can conquer the world now or I have to step up my game and I, I like that feeling a lot. It's funny because I'm like exact opposite where it's like I like talk to people and like just like every day like you could ask me what my favorite job would be it would just be like talking to people all day. <laughs> just Tim Mark's like he was giving me shit the other day because he's like why are you going to so many meetings? And I was like, he's like, you don't have a job. I was like, I like, I know, like, I know, but I'm like, I love going to talk to people. I love having people over and like brainstorming ideas. Like I can, like, so I'm the opposite where I have to like book time to like get stuff done so I can like go home and, you know, sit at my computer and like work because I, if it was up to me, I just, I literally, I don't know how, why I don't have a podcast myself because I like love this so much like I love just like talking to maybe people. it's something you should be looking into <laughs> you know what I feel like I can't not we'll, we'll add that to like say I add it to the list like that whenever I want to do something just to put it on the list it's like <laughs> imaginary <laughs> list that yeah. like exists <laughs> but yeah no I think like you know I heard this thing and it really resonated with me I, I worked at ThinkShift for a little bit they're an ad agency in the city they're fantastic and they have these um workplace culture programs you can do and like one of the tools and these tools are like just I guess like frameworks so that people can understand how to communicate with each other was that there's two sorts of people there's people who you know speak to think and mm -hmm. those people who think to speak and so I definitely you know immediately which one you are you're like <laughs> <laughs> so and like you always kind of feel bad about it no matter which yeah, side you're on yeah. and I don't know why but uh, I definitely speak to think and so I need to get into a group of people to like brainstorm ideas if I don't know it and just to kind of get the momentum rolling whereas like for example I wholeheartedly believe live with somebody who's exact opposite to you because Mark who's sitting in the room, he like definitely thinks to speak. And so like his words are always so well thought through. Like I'm well-spoken, but his are very thought through. Like my words might not be like when we're kind of in a heated debate, like he's like, why don't you have an answer? And I was like, I need to just say words to find my answer. Like I just like, that's how I have to like get it out. And so sometimes like I can write down my keynotes, but I just kind of have to let it naturally happen. Whereas like, that's why I love teaching is because what comes out of me is usually like something that is epiphany that I've said to a class and I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe I said that. And I like, but that totally resonates with me afterwards. And so it's just like this thing and you play to your strength. Like yep. I sometimes wish I, it like, like, speaking to think, and maybe you're more on this side with me, but it's gotten Please. me into a lot of trouble as well. So where you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that. And then you have to like go deal with like the refractory period after. Whereas I feel like the other spectrum is like, I wish I would have said that. Yeah, definitely. That's never happened to me where I've said, I wish I would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said it. So it's like, it's funny which side you, you, you are on. And so to me also, like I'm definitely an extrovert and <laughs> I don't know where this one, happened, yeah. but I am what I've like called a like an independent extrovert. Like I can go to a party completely on my own. Like I love walking into like situations where there's like total strangers and I'm like, here we are. Not to say that like I love that and like go do that for fun on like a Saturday morning. Like, <laughs> but it's definitely like allowed, like I know that that's my strength and I know that that's who I am. So it's like, okay, well it makes sense for me to open a gym. Mm -hmm. Like, I might be in front of strangers every single day and I'm just in love of my life because that's like what I enjoy to do. So to me, you find out who you are and then you just keep following that path and there's like little indicators along the way that kind of like tell you. Sometimes they whisper and you don't listen and then you get slapped across the face and you're like, okay, I got it. I'll turn, I'll pivot, I'll go back the other way. So yeah, that's just kind of been my weird path.
I think far. you're the first guest on this podcast who's matched Riley in volume. <laughs> <laughs> so good job. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so I love um, Team Fit Pack. Nice. Uh, he's, yeah, he's so nice. And I listened to his, like that episode and I was like, oh my God, I'm be so much louder than him. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to break the, like, I'm going to break the speaker. Like I just knew it. I was like, I am so loud. <laughs> that was but great. I love it. Pushed it to the I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting for it. Well, that's I'm just looking at the waveforms go off the charts let I was going to let Jace diagnose my personality because I feel like there's so many elements of that. Like I talked to find, I'll find those tidbits of wisdom. I'll forge the path and I'll talk like all like through yeah, the universe yeah. to find that like one tidbit of wisdom of something that I can't believe I've said. So like, <laughs> I'm I not going to lie. I probably won't want to listen to this after because I'm like going to be like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like definitely just letting it happen. Just come out of me here. I, I listened to it once back because it's like, <laughs> Because I, it's, for me, it's research purposes. I do get that, though. Yeah. It is hard I, to listen I to. I edit them. it, so I have to listen to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, true. But no one likes to hear themselves. I think that's the no, way it goes. No, it's like it's seeing true. a picture of yourself. You don't want to I see think it. you get oh, more comfortable with it. But I think my thing is being hypercritical of verbal tics or the little things. But I, I, again, yeah. if, it's, if it's authentic, like you want it to be listenable you want people to be able to like get from front to back but you can't dwell on those little things that you're your own worst critic like i get almost every episode riley will text me like i say like so many times this episode i'm like i (laughs) never even noticed yeah at all (laughs) yeah you sounded like you i feel like i got to go to like communication school so i felt like that was also living my best life i i don't know why i never went into broadcast Probably because someone along the way told me there was no money. And I was like, ah, scared. But I feel like podcasts like have completely opened up like a whole new world. And it makes me so excited because like I love um, – like I love – actually, I shouldn't take full like credit for this. Like, I love podcasts, but it's like because of Mark. He like Aww. loves, loves, <laughs> loves Park. He's got to listen to this podcast. I'm like, I do not have three hours to listen to this <laughs> podcast. And sometimes it'll be like old timey and just like sitting in our living room listening to like a podcast like it's 1930. Which like it's podcast like does you listen to? Oh, you listen to so many. Um, like you listen to Joe Rogan. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So uh, Sam... Sam Harris, you listen to? Did I say that right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> he just puts them on, and then I like I like Tom Bilyeu's, um Impact Theory. Like I listen to that one, nice. um, and I listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. He doesn't oh. listen to that one. That's one. But I actually like I, my like, kind of favorite thing to do is to go onto YouTube and listen to like you know Wayne Dyer talks or like some of my favorite guests that they've had on those particular podcasts and then I like dive into those guests Mm -hmm. and listen to them because I've liked what they've had to say mostly about like meditation and mind and stuff like that because like it just it's nice to ground yourself and you know fill your mind with that even if you're like only doing a 20 minute drive to work or commuting somewhere and you can just fill your mind with that even if you're not fully invested in listening. Steve who we had in the podcast same way yeah Yeah. very similar and well you're very much into meditation too right? You're yeah. all about the spiritual side. and then- So, I mean, I've I've tried all sorts of different things. I think I may be a less traditional meditate, sit there in lotus or whatever whatever the position is. I can't even remember. <laughs> um, but I have done that in the past. So I find that there's two forms. There's sort of passive meditation, focus on the breathing and just empty your mind, and then active meditation, which uh, I use tarot cards and I'll read them and just use them as a meditation aid. And I did it yesterday and lit incense, and I just get this sense. I had these great 
thoughts and feelings of just like, sometimes I push too hard. It's okay to relax and enjoy these moments and just watch the smoke rise off the incense and read these cards and just think through. And it's thinking through issues, but it's not not really issues, it's just telling you about your life and what's going on and connecting more with yourself. And I, I love that part of meditation. Yeah, I think that like there's something about meditation that people have this, mi- that I had this misconception of. Like I thought it was like, go there, sit there, be quiet. Like, and I that terrified me. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? Or you like talk to people. For me, it's like recognizing that there's like two layers. Like there's, you think that you are your thoughts. You're like, okay, so I think these thoughts, so that therefore I must that those thoughts must be me. But the thing is, is like those aren't who you are. Those are just thoughts. So I guess a prime example would be like, um, someone would tell me something, and they'd be like, Amy, so and so said this about you. And like when I hear something like that, immediately like my cortisol level goes up. I'm like, oh my god, what did they say? How is that going to like reflect my life? Are they never going to come back? Or like, you know, like like I start my mind starts racing like crazy, and I realize that that's just an emotion that was triggered. That's not who I am. That's not. That's just my mind. Like that's just the mind going. And so for me, meditation has allowed me to connect with that like aspect that these thoughts are not who I am, but these are just thoughts. And I think that's like a really hard thing to wrap your mind around because you're like, well, if I'm not my thoughts, then what am I? Mm-hmm. And like really, like this doesn't sound super meta, but it's like we're that just means that we're just all the same and that's okay. Like we are all just as one. Like that's why you have like yoga is like oneness, mm. is like union. Like Pocahontas in a circle in a hoop that never ends. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I was joking about it last night. Um, but like, you know, I think that at the end of the day, we we aren't our thoughts. We are, you know, I think that's where, like, th- that's what the soul is. Is the soul, like, I, um, what's the author's name? He wrote a book called Seed of the Soul. He was on uh, Oprah's podcast, and oh, what's his name? It escapes me. But he explained it as, like, your soul is like the mothership like in a fleet of ships. It's guiding, it knows where it's going. And like who you are in this moment is a personality and all those personalities across your life reflect different ships. And you could try to, you know, go against the mothership and try to like divert away, but you'll always be brought back. Hmm. And to me, like, I think that we all go through different variations of who we are and personalities. And those those thoughts that we think and those experiences that we go through, those are just thoughts and experiences that are happening momentarily, that are happening right now. And then to let let it go, I mean, at the end of the day, we just we actually don't have any control. Like, we 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 try to set things up, but really, there's a I don't know. I believe this where there's like a higher purpose I think, happening. I think you can see the people that fight that. Yeah. You you just there's a certain look that's like, I don't know. It's whenever I see somebody smoking a cigarette, I'm like, that's somebody who's just fighting. Like, who are you, right? Like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. go. Is this truly who you are? And maybe it is, right? Yeah. There could be certain circumstances, but it's like, why are you in why are you making these decisions? What are you what are you trying to get at? What is it that you're unsatisfied about? And then oftentimes it's like, how in tune to you are you with yourself? And I think for me, I'm thankful. It's it's funny because it's sometimes those darkest times where you're that's when you have the time to consider, well, where the hell am I going next? Yeah. And I think that that's when you're pushed to those stages. And I'm not saying you have to like hit the gutter or whatever, but it's like, you know, maybe you lose a job, maybe 
this, you know, we've had it where, or family members pass or things like that too. Mm-hmm. It's like, then you go, well, now, now what do I want to do next? Where, what do I want to accomplish? I think for me, it was looking forward in time and going, if at the end of this, I look back, what would I be happy or satisfied to have achieved? And that's when all these things started coming up and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then life became full again. And so it's, I, I, I wish that for everybody in a sense. Like I yeah. wish everybody could have that feeling. And like it's still treacherous at times. Like you still go through those pits, those, those peaks and valleys of life. But it's, it becomes that much easier to just deal with when you're living fully towards your purpose or your goal. I like The Alchemist for, for that I have too. to read that. Yeah. Uh, it's on the list. <laughs> I like it's the realist. I will like actually yeah. get to that list. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to bring up too, so, and it's more, it's a little bit of curiosity because I almost feel, bipolar is not the word, but like there's a dualist part to like my life right now where it's like building in the corporate world to like feed these other things that are also growing and then it's like working towards that jump moment where you can go completely in the direction of your dreams, passions, goals, whatever you want to call it. So it's how do you like how do you know when to make that jump? I don't think you do. Like you just do it anyways. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of this I've like took my hands off the wheel. Like I feel like we're clutching and we're trying to like hold on to this thing and we're like, ah, and you're like bumping, going over this bumpy road. And at a certain point over the summertime, I was just like, hands off. I was like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen now. And so to me, like, you just got to trust the universe. Somebody's got your back. I mean, I'm very, very lucky, like, mentioned you 700 times. You should have just been on the podcast market in the room. <laughs> like he honestly, like he's got my back. My family has my back. Like I'm very lucky and I just know that. Um, to me, I just felt like, I just let I just let the universe do its thing. Like, the, like I just let it unfold naturally. And I'd check in with like my support network. Like, so like I said, I call my dad and like in May I wanted to quit. Like I wanted to like just fully quit. Like I was like, fuck this, I'm done. Like I am done. And my support network who had a bigger picture, because lots of times like you have this really narrow perspective when you're in the moment, but the people that you're surrounded with, they have the bigger picture and then they tell you and you're like, God damn it. You like go back to it. And so I stayed, I stayed in corporate for a pretty long time and like Honestly, once you make the decision deep down inside of you, like, it'll just unravel for you. Like, I made the decision last June that I was going to open a business, not this past June, but the June before. Like, put a line in the sand. I wrote my business plan. And I just was like, you know what? Whatever happens from here on out is going to happen. Like, that's just what you have to kind of, like, you know, succumb to. And I think it's just getting honest with yourself, like, deep down inside of you, like, what you really want. Um making that decision and just allowing it to unfold because like I I don't I don't think like anyone can tell you like everyone's journey is so different and I think that there's no I listened to stuff and I was like trying to inform myself like when should I quit like there was no real time like for me to quit like just like there's no real time to have a baby or there's no real time to get married like you just at a certain point you make a decision deep down and you know that everything that you do is just going to gear towards that decision. And whatever happens, you just have to be ready for that. And sometimes you're not mentally ready 
but you're spiritually ready. And so to me, I know that sounds hokey, but like I was definitely not ready for a lot of men, like mentally for a lot of things that happened when I made that decision two years ago. But my heart was ready and it, like it knew, like it just kind of, and I, like I said, I, I'm so lucky because I have a really great support network of people around me that support me and love me and care for me. And like, I think that if I didn't have that, I probably would be more fearful. I think at the end of the day, you just have to like get true with yourself and decide if you're making these decisions based out of fear or love. And to me, like, I love people so much. Like I, I, no matter how hard I like, you know, they're mean to me or whatever happens in life. Cause I'm an adult and like been through it and I've been bullied and whether it was in the workplace or when I was younger, I still love people so much. Like I still have, I, there's something about inside of me that just believes in the intrinsic good of people. And to mm-hmm. me, if I can connect with that and just like vibrate on that level and be there and, you know, do that in my day-to-day job, whether that's creating my own business or maybe it was finding that job like that existed somewhere that I know that allowed me to do that. Like that's what I knew at the end of the day that I had to do. And so I made that decision in my heart like a couple of years ago. So it's just allowing time to like let you like just like it's like going down a river. There's going to be like rocky parts, but you can't try to swim upstream anymore. Like you just kind of like got to like let it go and just deal with the waterfall that comes ahead. And you're like, okay, hold on. We're going down (laughs) and then coming out again. And it gets kind of calm and you're like, okay. And then another thing happens and you just kind of got to go with it. Like Mm -hmm. there's something about that, that I think we just try to control too much and you just have to let it go. I, I really hope that Mark like brings up this thing and like when I'm like freaking out in like two days, like definitely like two weeks ago, <laughs> the city came back and was like, you can't put a wall there. And I was like, well, that changes my business plan completely. I like shed three tears and was like, Ugh. and I, like I like hung up with my designer. I'm like, I'll call you tomorrow. And she was like, oh, okay. And I called her right after. I'm like, I'm sorry. I really needed to process that. So like, you know, life's going to throw you curveballs. Like who knows? Maybe my business isn't going to succeed. You know, maybe all the haters are like, I have haters. Like maybe those haters will be right. But at the end of the day, at least I knew I put my best foot forward. Like when you can think about like the worst case scenario, look at it in the eye and be like, okay, my worst case scenario is I go completely bankrupt. I look terrible in front of everybody and my family wants to disown me. If I can like, that is like the scariest thing that can happen. I'm not going to die. Like, you know, if that's the worst case scenario that can happen and I can stomach that, I can look that in the eye and know that I can get back up again and you're ready you're ready to do it. So to me, I mean, I'm talking a big game now. Ask me in a year. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> hiding under a rock. But like, I honestly do think that like, you just got to like figure out like really what, what speaks to you. And to me, like I said, like the universe provides you clues. Like I actually never did tarot. And a girl who's been coming to my spin class was like, can I read your cards? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so she read my cards and um, I got uh, the high priestess. And I was like, which was was interpreted to me that I have like a like there's a strong inner voice guiding you right now. And I was like, oh well, huh. that aligns with what I thought. <laughs> and then I had uh, the hierophant. I'm not saying that right. So it's like the teacher card. Um, and then I got the Son of Pentacles and a Pathway card. But I can't remember what that was. And so a month later. I was at an event and they were doing tarot readings and I was like, my friends were like, oh, I was asking about my love life and I will never have a boyfriend and for another year and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like laughing. I was like, okay, let's go see what these cards have to show me. And I was just like joking around. I got the high priestess and the hierophant in the exact same position a month later. I was like, is there duplicates in these cards? And she's like, no, like this is what, and I was like, 
fucking universe. I was like, <laughs> you're watching me. And I was like, I was shook. Like, I was like, how? How? And then I, instead of the pathway card, I got the death card because literally two days before I had quit my, my day job. Honestly, like, you can, maybe it's a fluke. Yep. Who knows? You can tell yourself that. There's two yeah. types of people who are like, oh, sleight of hand. Like, <laughs> but, like, I honestly think that, like, you know, I'm a firm believer that, like, things will speak to you and you just got to listen. Sure. And to me, yeah. like, you know, there's always going to be lessons. And she was like, if this has come up twice for you, that means you have to keep, you know, doing that spiritual work. And to me, I had kind of left that in the summer. I hadn't been working on it as hard. And I think it's just always coming back to that, that space of grounding and trusting, like, your inner dialogue and that spirituality. You can't let the the possibility of that worst case scenario stop you. I, I yeah. Think. Like it's because what's the alternative? It's you're stuck with then the what if, right? Like yeah. what if I did do that? Like what if it did work out? Yeah. And, and it's always better to have tried and failed than to regret trying at all, or regret not trying at all. I mean, part of me, like I still like in, I still really want to move out west and live in the forest and like live among the mountains. I know that's going to be in my future one day. Like even though I'm opening a business, like. Uh, like maybe only when I'm like 65 and I'm going to be this old person who's in really great shape. That's going to like, you know, hike through Rogers pass and be like, ah, told you children. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I like, I feel like that's what I'm really looking forward to. Like, there's no, like, I feel like, like exactly that. Like we, to come full circle, like we have these ideas in our head that like, I mean, we expire at like 40, like that's absurd to me. Like, I feel like, or like, or I have to have kids and that's going to be it. I'm just going to live for my children. Well, your children are going to want you to live. Like, they're going to want, uh, like, people to look up to. Like, I was super lucky. Like I said, like, I had a really fantastic family. So my dad owned a business. Like, he got, he was eventually, like, cured himself of his back issues and became, like, an elite cyclist. Like, and then lived his best life and moved out west, his dream. He, like, accomplished his dream. I mean, you know, it wasn't perfect. It's not like this picture-perfect world where you're just like checking off every box like you know it doesn't work like that but like when you do take a step back and you take a moment and you breathe and you're like after I I left corporate my last day I stood in my window and I was like I've had a good life like I've had a really great life like I'm very proud of how far I've come in my career like I'm really proud of this next step like I'm following what I love and like doing what I love I've stumbled a bunch of times I've fallen but everything is for a reason and everything is we're here all for a reason I'm very proud of myself for not getting super emotional but I feel like it's because I just got some like heavy masculine energy in this room right here and it's like tethered oh, me down it's I'm a flamingo like, oh. shirt yeah the flamingos are very masculine <laughs> my flamingo usually I'm like crying halfway through like I just had such a wonderful process it was so spiritual it was amazing I've like held it together yeah no I like honestly at the end of the day like it's pretty simple. You're making choices based out of love or fear. Like, that's it. And I think, like, deep down, you just got to keep, like, asking yourself what's important to you as a person and living by your, like, own moral co- code. Like a pirate. Like, you have your own guidelines. Like, that's what I find. I think yeah. I think your dad's story is just particularly amazing. And it, it kind of resonates because my, my mom's currently having back issues and she's above 60 years old and she – She's, I always say to my other clients that she was my hardest sell as a personal trainer because it took me two years to get her into the gym. And she's my own family. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're trying to work on that. And she's, she has this mindset of acceptance, like, oh, my back's been bad for 20 years. It's yeah. going to be bad for the rest of my life. And the doctor says there's nothing they can do about it. I'm like, don't take no as an answer, though. Like, yeah. There's 
something, there's always going to be something you can do about it. And it's going to take time, but we're going to get there. So I'm in that process now of trying to help her get there. Like really just hope at the end of the day is yeah. like really what matters. Like if you have already written yourself off and you've already like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. Then you've, you've written the story for yourself. Like it's not just like health and wellness. It's like, you know, everything. Like it's like, oh, I can never be a lawyer. I can never be terrible or I can never be an accountant. I'm terrible at math or I didn't graduate high school or whatever that is. Or it's is. too late to try. Like yes. people get to the 30, 40 years old and they think they can't switch like careers. I said, like, yeah, you can. You my dad's can. living his best life. He like just met a girlfriend. His girlfriend's vegan and she like, like, you know, gave up her corporate job and she went back to school in her like 50s, 60s to be in horticulture. It's the wow. island. They like, they're hippy dippy. <laughs> um, so she like learned how to plant stuff, I guess. And so she, I mean, she's having a hard time finding a job now. And so that's scary. But like at the same time, like, holy crap, like, you know, you're in your mid fifties to like, you know, early sixties and you're saying, I'm just going to, you know, the last few years of my working career, I'm just going to change it up. Why not? Like, I think that there needs to be more of that in the world. Like we, like, we think that we have all this, we, I don't know, for me, I get so scared deep down inside that I don't have enough time, but then I act like I have a lot of time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Like you just like, you know, you have no problem sitting down and being like, I'm just going to watch Netflix for like five hours and just like chill. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. There's some like crazy I people. Hey, I had quesadillas and watched Triple X the other night. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody, yeah, moments. everybody does yeah. it. Yeah. And it's okay. But like to be like, you know, you know, life is so like, you know, we only have so much time. Like why not do all the things that you really want to do? Like, you know, create that checklist. Get like. For me, there's a couple things in my mind that I am scared to do. Like, for some reason, it's travel. I've always wanted to travel, but I've always been, like, put it off. and be Like, no, I won't spend money and do that. But I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to see India. I've always wanted to go to those places. But I have those things that I'm just scared to do. But you just pick and choose, and you just know, like, deep inside your soul that you're going to get it done on this planet. Yeah, I think there's – you usually come from one side. There's the – Box tickers and the free spirits. That's how yeah. I usually say it. Um, but it's the people who, they have their checklist. And they feel really good about checking off the boxes. But the problem with that is it's it doesn't allow for that adventure and that spontaneity. You can schedule every single minute, hour, day of your life. But then you, I think, wake up at some point. I'm thinking of the midlife crisis yeah. or whatever where you're like, well, I haven't had the experiences or done the things that I want to. And then they go throw it all away and they have to have that. And then there's the free spirits that never sit down and take the time to actually come up with what they want to do next. They're just flying by the seat of their pants into the next adventure. And then they go, well, what have I built for myself? What's there in the world for me? So it's, I think the optimal space is somewhere in the middle where it's like, for me, I, I, I come from being, I think, a little bit spontaneous, but I had everything scheduled for me. And so my early adulthood was trying to figure out, well, how do I do this for myself and schedule in and start building towards what I want, but still allow for that spontaneity and adventure that I truly enjoy. And I think that's a constant battle, right? And I don't know, you know, maybe authentically you are one at a certain time and can evolve to another. And that's fine, too. But I know for me, it's I think even in a business, you have to be creative enough to come up with the idea. And then you have to have the follow through enough to check the boxes and get the shit done that needs to be done. So it's it's that optimal, I think the yin and yang right in that middle space is where the magical great things in life happen. Yeah, I think both like avenues lead to 
like success. I, I just think that like coming back to are those things that you are doing leading to you to what you like who you are and like what you want. And sometimes like that that in and of itself is the journey. Like are you going to travel to like you know see the world and like experience this and like to, like as cliche as it sounds like figure out who you are. Like are you going to university to school to figure out who you are? Or are you going to school or university to check that box to be like, you know what, my parents wanted me to go to school, so here I am. Or like, you know, being in a lawyer is probably what is going to put, you know, food on the table and provide me that life that I really want. But are you, you know, going to school and taking classes that you actually find are <coughs> interesting to you? Like, are you growing as a person? And to me, like, I loved my career. Like, I thought it, I still would do be doing it if I wasn't doing this. Like, I really enjoy communications and I really enjoy marketing. And so to me when I was in school, like I I I gave myself that opportunity and it was scary. I think we don't give younger people like it feels so absolute. It feels like okay, if I go to university and my first year I don't know what exactly I want to do for a living, you know, you're like oh, you just wasted all this money and time. And you're like, "Oh, it's the worst." Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you let people, young people, explore and figure that out, whether it is through a series of, like, checking boxes or, you know, like, moving through things organically. You know, they're able to figure out who they are and, like, make mistakes and, like, you know, take different paths, turn back around, like, do what you got to do to figure out who they are as long as you're moving forward. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of my friends when I was going to university ended up dropping out or not wanting to do it because they're, like, well, I don't know what I wanted to do. And it's like, well, it's okay to get a degree and then be like, oh, shit, like, I don't want to do that at all. Like, you know what I mean? That's part of the, I feel like that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I went into school to become a teacher, and I ended up doing mini-you and, like, hating my life. Like, I was like, I cannot look after 30 children all day long for eight hours. Like, <laughs> I will die. But I loved the creative process of, like, putting together projects. So I went into marketing because I was like, I get to do cool projects for companies. Like, that's so much fun. Like, it's, like, project-based work. I loved that and being creative and thinking of new ideas. But I would never have gotten to that point had I, like, started from square one. Like, I never would would have, like, you know, been like, you know what, maybe university isn't for me and going on the Red River, like, Rolodex. That's not right. Like, I don't know, whatever that thing is. <laughs> Rolodex. I'm older. I'm older than I look. <laughs> um, like, where it was, I was looking for culinary school because I was like, maybe I'll just be a chef. Like, you know, and I came across creative communications and I was like, oh, I could totally be a journalist. Like, I love writing. I love talking. Like, I could totally do this and applied and, like, went to that. Like, but I would never have figured that out had I went to my first year university and, like, totally botched it and hated it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Like, I think that those are super important processes that we don't, allow young people to have like I think just I read a really poignant article about being millennial and I think that and younger and I think like our generation is like we signed up for sports teams to be the best you had to win like you had to like you know you couldn't just like go have fun in a rec league like you had to play triple a hockey like you had to make that team or if you didn't you weren't as cool like we were talking about this this morning like like we are all geared to win, and so like when you when you get to university, you're like, well, I have to have really good grades. Like, I have to be in the best like I have to be in the best program. I have to get the best job. And so you when your whole life is laid out for you and everything's geared towards winning, like what sort of like you know space does that give you to grow, to make mistakes, to like figure out that this isn't for you and that's okay, and that you can like you know enjoy life by just figuring it out versus 
Like, I, I mean, this happens all the time. Like, I, I've always had a job where it, no one has had it before me in communications because of social media. Like, I got out of school and I was doing people's social media accounts, which I thought was, like, insane at the time. I was like, it's 2012 and you're wanting – you're paying me a salary to post on Facebook? Okay, I'll take this. Like, this is great. But no one – because no one knew what to do with that in corporate, I just did it. I just figured it out. And that took a lot of work for me because everything up until that point was like, this was what you had to do. Like, these were the steps. Like, this is what had to happen. Like, there was no room for creativity. And now those who are able to think creatively and honestly come up with new ideas and come up with new ways of doing stuff, those are the people that are rewarded, not ones that are, like, following the steps because – you know, anyone can follow a series of steps, but we're coming into like an information age where if you can think of a better way of doing something or a more creative way or offering a service that hasn't been offered before, like that's what's going to be, you know, highly sought after. So to me, I had like learned that lesson really early on in my career and I was always stuck with it. I was like, I'm always be creative. <laughs> I was like, if that's what I got, play to my strengths. I'm a creative thinker. I'm going to figure this out. And like every job I'm going to walk into, I'm going to try to knock out of the park by like thinking of better ways of doing it and just doing my best. And like I said, like it hasn't been linear for me. I haven't always been patted on the back. Like, you know, I mess stuff up, I guess, if you want to call it that way. But I think that that's an important process in your career and in your life. Like you have to do that. I feel like I've talked a lot. I'm sorry, no, you guys. This is great. <laughs> Honestly, it's been like, God, I feel my creative wheels in yeah. my own mind. It's like, it's almost a sounding board, right? Where it's just like, my mind's going places, but I want to listen to the conversation. I think that's like part of the podcasting thing is like wanting to listen to the person, but then you become inspired or ingrained in what they're saying. And like, how does this affect me? Or how does this? Exactly. In terms of, so I'm even thinking of our process and, and in terms of the next step of what we do, is it a studio? Is it a show? Is it a like, right? And, yeah. and so and this conversation, this podcast, this having you in the room is sort of inspiring because it's like, oh, there's so much, like, go for it. Go do it. Like, why the fuck not? Like, it's there. <laughs> yeah. um, do you guys remember, like, at like at the, I don't know, do you guys remember MTN? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know how, like, they had, like, a little, I'm old. It. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Beavis and Buckley, the two, Beavis like, Beavers? Buckley, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you remember, like, you go into the children's museum and you, like, talk and you get to, like, have space. You guys should, like, totally open a coffee shop where, like, you can, like, just have people in off the tre- street, like, having streeters and just, like, interviewing people. Oh. I don't know. I think that would be so cool and novel, be, like, an actual, like, coffee shop podcast place where you could just like interview random people and people will feel so good because they'd be like I'm famous now <laughs> like you know like before that was such a novelty but like to me I'm like I feel like oh my god I'm famous they asked me to be on like a <laughs> podcast not saying you have to do that I also like was thinking today that you know the silent disco like those at yeah. the oh, festival yeah. I was like what am I going to do a spin class that's like a silent disco and have two different instructors that are like yeah I could get like really wacky not to say all my ideas are good ideas they're just ideas <laughs> So yeah, the no. ASMR spin studio. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just like just like just like whispering. whispering. Just oh. Keep going. I thought <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I just be like sitting there like this. <laughs> yeah, I need the raging music in the background and like super high energy. It's funny because it's polar opposite to yoga in a sense. Where like yoga, I just want like oh peace, and then the next pose, and then the next, and then but then like spin class is like all right. Let's get into this and like. <laughs> I did a hip hop yoga class in LA 
where they like blared Lil Wayne. Like I was like, and nice. I, like my type A was like, I am amazing. Like it was like, cause usually like yoga super type B and I have to be like tame the competitive beast. Like just be calm, don't look at anybody else. But in here I was like, yes. And like my good friend Sam Squire was with me and she's like a yoga teacher. And like she she was like, I was following you. I was like, yeah, you were. I was like, I was living my best life. So I lived for it, but yeah. Well- it's Winnipeg for you, but we've tried to get Sam on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. It was so I actually went to some of her ninja yoga classes yeah. right before she left, and I was heartbroken because I was like, "Oh, there's a whole next step to this yoga game." And so they got you doing inversions mm-hmm. and handstands and all sorts of crazy poses and lifts and things. I don't know. I was I was just inspired because I was. I was like, I've done yoga for about a year and a half at that point, and I was like, I'm getting good at this, and I felt so cocky, and then you're like, I can't do any of this shit that these people are doing. Sam Squire also, like, I hope she listens to this. I'll, t- I'll text her after. Nice. Yeah, I guess. Shout out. Um, but she, like, she's very wise beyond her years. Like, you know, you think of, like, a sage Jedi, like, Yoda. Like, she's not like that. Like, <laughs> like, like, as a personality, but, like, deep inside, she's got this knowledge where she'll sh- say shit, and I'll be like... Like, I'd be like, how did you know that? Like, I call her my spirit moon child baby. Like, I just, like, <laughs> I always, like, joke. I'm like, should I charge my rocks today? Like, because she, like, loves all that stuff. But um, she's great. Like, she, she is wise beyond her years, and she's so in tune with who she is mm-hmm. and has an, like, evolving process. And I think I really admire that in people. And I, like, I see that in her where she just, like, you know, when she makes a decision, she's like, this is who I am. This is how I'm living for it. And I, like... I think, like, and you could see, like, there's certain people who are, like, really aggressive about it. But then, like, with her, it's just, like, this, like, knowing. She just has this, like, knowing. And I, like, I love that energy, and I think that's just really special. I really hope she comes back to Winnipeg. And I'm very vocal, and I will always tell her that. I'm like, Sam, I want you to come back home to me. Because, like, I just love having her around, like, her energy around, and especially in the city. Like, I think Winnipeg, that's something when I move back, um, it's a good segue. Um, I felt like there's two ways, like, Winnipeggers, like, we kind of get left with, like, this certain mentality, and I think this is the reason why, is that those who are, like, brave enough, instead of, like, opening businesses and pursuing what they really want, because it's hard, like, it takes enough of that energy to go set up shop in a new city. So, like, lots of people end up just doing that. And so you have all these brave people that are, like, you know, willing to go out of their way just leaving the city Um, But I think that there's going to be a big resurgence of either people staying or moving home because, like, the cost of living in Toronto and Vancouver is so astronomical. Like, when I was in Calgary, like, I probably would have stayed out there. I probably would have kept moving west. But, like, my boyfriend and I, we have a house here, and I live five minutes from downtown. Our house is amazing. I get to, like, bike to the Forks in less than 10 minutes. Like, I get to be out in Birds Hill Park in half an hour. I literally think I'm like, this is the best place in Canada. Like, I could not have lived in a better place, like, where I can afford to live in a home like this. We have two dogs, a big backyard. Like, literally, my mind is blown by how great this is. To have a house like that in somewhere like Vancouver would be at least five times higher. It'd be impossible. You wouldn't – there's no way you'd be able to do it. So, to me, I'm like, why not focus on making Winnipeg great in a city that has the things that I really want in it to, like, you know – I said to somebody, I'm like, there, it blows my mind that we don't have, like, a really good vegan restaurant, like, a really nice vegan no, restaurant. we don't yet? No. Really? No. I mean, we have, like, yeah, I don't think we do, like, strictly vegan, and I think that that's crazy. And then someone mentioned to me, they were like, oh, well, this is, this is the mentality I don't like. 
someone was like, you know, if it's not here, that means there's probably not a market for it. And I looked at this person and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, it just means that no one's had like the courage to go get it done. Yeah. Like, There's always going to be a market. Oh, yeah. You just create it. Like you create that market. That's the space that we're in now. I mean, I say this now. Talk to me in a year. I'm, like crying <laughs> under a rock maybe. <laughs> I always thought of making a paleo restaurant because that's what I've been eating for over the past year. And I went, let's eat healthy, natural foods that you find in the wild. Oh, crazy. Like yeah. all the health nuts will go. I feel like if you open a paleo food. restaurant, though, you have to have one day where it's like pizza only day. Well, that's my diet plan. 100%. <laughs> I, I've tried to get away from it, but then the quesadillas was the Mexican pizza. So I, I didn't really <laughs> succeed. Drew, drew you back in. Yeah. But it's the, yeah. So I've again, it's back to the balance of life. It's like eat healthy but that one day a week that you want pizza, just go for it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Like, throw the toppings you want in there. I make the Riley pizza with the salami and the goat cheese and the spinach and the peppers and sriracha on one side and ranch on the other. Nice. Just sometimes, though. Yeah, just, just sometimes. however you want. Sometimes honey on top. Ooh, like, living your that's a good life. idea. But, yeah, honey on pizza, underrated. Ooh, I haven't tried that. Do that out there, Ooh. people. Yeah, so you do, like, spicy and you put the peppers on there, but then finish it with some honey on top so you get both. I like the maple. I'm all about Have the Have you flavors. ever done maple syrup? Ooh. Maple syrup. I haven't really done good. maple syrup, yeah. but I look forward to the Jace pizza. We got to make this yeah. happen. Yeah, maybe actually, I should we should. Have a we should. Show. I always make the two doughs. I always make the Riley pizza. What about a paleo podcast cooking show? I, I mean, <laughs> I think I'd want that to be one second. I like her. She's full of ideas. Yeah, yeah I'll, just, well, I'll just keep throwing <laughs> them out there. I never think of this. See, it's the throwing them at the yeah, wall and let's see, see what, what sticks. sticks. Honey on pizza. I think it would be really cool to do. I think for me, it's it's. I'm good at a lot of different things and I'm interested in a lot of different things. And that's not to like boast or anything. I, I feel like I don't master anything, but I enjoy whether it's cooking or like I can respect woodworking or I can respect people building things because it's it's different than how mine, my mind works. But it's how cool would it be to go try and do all these different things? You know what? That's something that was like always said to me. And I'm going to challenge you because oh. I challenged myself oh. to like not let myself get like bound to that thing. Like my dad would be like, you're a jack of all trades, but master of none. So like I never committed to anything. I was like, ah. And so now like for me to actually open a business and commit fully to it. It's like super out of my comfort zone because I've always lived my life like that where I like just love doing everything. So I just always told myself that I could never be good at one thing. But then I was like, no, 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 no. And in some ways it's weird because like the business I'm opening does a whole bunch of classes. <laughs> and it's not committing to one class. So it's still kind of staying true to who I am. But like like just knowing like deep down that even though like, you know, you're not going to be like an Einstein expert at one thing, but you do know your shit. And so to me, like that's where I come from where I'm like, I know spin really well. And I'm like excited to learn boxing really well. Like, you know, and just kind of knowing that like even though I can have diversity, I can still be – like somewhat of an expert in some of my fields just like don't like I feel like people get bound to these like stories that we tell ourselves or the people like that one thing my my dad probably said that to me when I was like in grade 12 and it just like stuck with me forever and I was like oh and that's just like how I've become this person mm -hmm. but I think like again figuring out who you are is like also like not letting yourself like get bound to these stories that you've told yourself because if you want to get better and you want to do something like okay to like challenge yourself to be like okay yeah you don't you don't have to wait till you're perfect to start yeah. it too i think that's a big fault of mine is i always feel like i'm not ready to do something yet um going into personal training was a big one for me because i didn't feel educated enough to post to these other people because i never went through university for training 
like when I sign clients up, they're like, oh, what's your like background education? I'm like, oh, I'm a film and theater major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. Like I'm not the best spin instructor in the city. Like there's people who are like. You don't need to be the no, best No. Yeah. You, like be honestly you. figure out like what you're good, like what your strengths are. And to me, like I'm so excited. I'm at this stage where I was like, I noticed that no one was doing a contemporary, what I call a contemporary spin instructor training course. Which means like teaching to the beat of the music, like you know, like there's like the kind of more traditional instructor formalized training courses you can take. But I was like, well, why can't we do that and train like anyone who wants to learn how to do it? And so, and it was so successful. Like I was really impressed and my friend and I did it and like we fell in love with it. And I was like, man, this feels so good. And I would have had no idea if I had thought to myself, like, you know, I'm not good enough to do this or I like I'm not like the best instructor in the city. So does this qualify me to do it? Or like, am I kin background? Like, no, I'm not like I but I know I've been doing this for long enough that, you know, I can market this. And I asked everybody who went to it. I'm like, did you enjoy it? They're like, oh, my God, that was so much better than I thought it would be. I was like, yes. I was like broke expectations and everyone loved it and learned a ton. They're like, I had no, they're like, I had no idea that much went into teaching a spin class. I was like a lot. But, like, I would never have done that had I, like, you know, not stepped out of my comfort zone and did it. Like, and it's probably one of the things that I'm so far most proud of, like, the community was the instructor training programs and, like, you know, getting our, like, training other people to instruct and getting to do what I love to do and passing that on to other people and sharing that knowledge. Because, honestly, if you do want to instruct, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's lots of fun. Rope me in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's a one day thing for sure. But I think I'm I'm very inspired by and and I think this podcast in terms of people doing great things for this city and just great things in general and inspiring things. So it's like it's great to just have these conversations. Um one thing that we like to ask people is what advice would you share with somebody wanting to make a positive difference in their life? Oh. I feel like that's a loaded question. Um, start small. Like, I feel like we have somebody, like, messaged me and was like, how do I start working out again? I was like, and at that point, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with the business. And uh, I was like, start small. And I was like, I need a sign. Show me a sign. And, like, I literally typed that out after that person. I was like, mm, start small. Like, you know, I feel like, everything we do we feel like we have to knock it out of the park right out of the get-go and that gives us like this like you know paralysis when we go to do the things that we really want to do but if you start small and you start humble and you start like without the expectations um you really like it's really a meaningful path like I think that you know somebody you probably would have encounter with this as a personal trainer like somebody who's never stepped foot in a gym you get them to like start by walking like just something as simple as like go for a walk for a half an hour in a like a day and see how you feel okay uh, yeah like you know it's you're not asking somebody to like you know get on the treadmill and sprint and then try to do like 10 chin-ups and like vomit everywhere like I feel like that's like this idea same with like business like you don't have to start your business like you know, going balls to the wall, being like, I need to, like, open this, like, take out and do this, like, major thing. Like, start small. Like, that's why we started with the pop-ups. We were able, like, I acquired bicycles, and I was like, okay, 
let's try to figure out where we can put these bicycles. And then it's like, okay, let's try to get people in the building. Okay, let's try to train other instructors. Okay, now it's like, okay, now let's find the space we want to be in. Okay, and now it's like, okay, now let's go battle with the city to see if we could do what we want to do in this space. It's like, okay. And, like, you just kind of take it one step at a time. Like, I think we have this idea that um, if we want to inspire change or make a positive impact in our lives or other people's lives that we have to, like – I, I was always of that mindset where you have to go like really big, but it's just in like the small little things we do every day. It's just checking in with ourselves and being like, and yeah, use what you have yeah. at your disposal. I, I like that you used the uh, training as an example there because like the first session I do with someone, like you come into a gym which is filled with all these different kinds of tools that they no have no idea how to use that go to pretty advanced places. And the first thing I get them to do is usually a squat. With their body weight. The first session, we don't even touch a weight. First week, we usually don't even touch a weight. It's what can we do with their body? We're not even going to use anything in this gym. When I started boxing training, he, I was like, have my gloves and my wraps. And I was like, I saw the heavy bag and I was like, let's do this. And he's like, well, you're not going to do anything except shadow boxing. And we're going to go through each punch and look at your form. And that was literally two months of shadow boxing. And I would like go home and my back would be so sore. I'd be like, I was punching air. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's, but it's true. Like that's, you have to start small and like you grow something and that's what makes it, this is such a big misconception. And like, whether that's, and it's so scary though, because you want as a human being to be like, I want to come out guns blazing and be the best and be like the best studio Winnipeg's ever seen or the world's ever seen, but you have to start small and you can't compare yourself to someone's step 100 to your step one. Like, and I think that's just so hard not to do. Like, everyone's on their own path. And and then not shit talk them. Because <laughs> it's super easy to shit talk the people you're jealous of. You mean <laughs> Don't we're not do Joe that. Rogan yet? We're not <laughs> Lewis House? We're not Tim yeah. Ferriss? We're not going to go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just, it just is like, you know, you just got to, like, honor the process. And that's, but that's what makes it so much worth it. It makes it, like, the end result so much sweeter. And, you know, in things that are... You know, is there really an ending to those types of things? Like, they just seem to, like, keep evolving. Like, for me, fitness is that way. Like, I'm not in my – like, I was in way better shape two years ago. um, But that's okay. And, like, if I have kids, you know, my body's going to take a toll. It's going to take a toll on my body. And, like, speaking to moms, like, that have had kids, you you know, like, that's a process in and of itself. And, like, you know, aging. All of us are going to age and we're all going to go through that. But that's a process. And – it's just honoring that process and how to like be the best you can be with what you have. I don't know. That seemed like a really long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of knowledge. <laughs> no, I like it because it came full circle. You have to start small. Like you look at all the big businesses; they all started small. You, yeah. They didn't weren't big out of the gates. No, I think that's this big misconception. Look at SoulCycle. They had a rickshaw that they'd have to like. They wouldn't even be able to pay the fee. Like they get a ticket for $60 every day and they'd be like, have to pick the days because they don't have one or two people in their classes. Now that's like a billion dollar company. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like, but you just have to like believe in what you're doing and just come back to it. Even when, you know, the days when you're starting small and you're like, okay, I had seven people in my spin class this morning and one of them was my boyfriend and he was sitting at the back of the room (laughs) and we're in an old restaurant that smells like chicken wings like you just got to believe like you got to believe like that at the end of the day like that's what it takes and like you know what you might fail but at least you tried and that's what really counts and that's to me always what I come back to is like a life worth living dare greatly yes (laughs) yeah I, I laugh just in terms of like my mind goes the same I go like 
I, I, I try and get back to the point at some point, but I, I explain it as my mind is a family guy joke where it like cuts scenes and goes yeah. on a tangent that <laughs> yeah, might not yeah. even, and then like comes back. But uh, no, I, yeah, it that's amazing just in terms of inspiring people and making a positive difference. I came up with a silly thing. I, I like to prepare show notes and rarely, I feel that I have a little bit of a formula, but this, but I do feel follow whatever comes up in my mind when I'm writing it. And I, I just glanced at this and it says, if you were a superhero, what would your name and superpower oh, be? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I, you guys, usually I think of these like questions and ask myself in the middle of the night, like what I would do. Like, I don't know. Oh, no. And I don't mean to make this like the resume question or whatever, <laughs> yeah. to I just, throw you off your so, toes. And I, make- someone asked me what type of shoe I would be. And I was like Nike all the way because I love Phil Knight. Um, <laughs> That was easy, but this one's harder. Okay, I just watched uh, The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I do watch Netflix. I do, like, turn off and, like, actually zone (laughs) out. Um, I really like the idea of, like, the one guy who moves through time and space. Like, I'm really interested. I feel like I haven't wrapped my mind around it, but, like, that that four-dimensional thinking, like – Am I saying this right? I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I need to look at me. I don't know. Like, you know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, like, you know, like there's like, uh, ugh, what is it? Like that that fourth dimension, like mm-hmm. you can think in. I like you can move through time and space. Like, I feel like that would be my my thing because it would just be cool to see how like you know things would play out. I like I think as much as I struggle it's like with that it, movie Arrival almost. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. Maybe I should watch it. Oh, definitely yeah. watch it. Yeah, it deals with that. Yeah, I feel like I'd love to. Um, be able to like move through time and space and I don't know what kind of name I would have I feel like it would be like something really weird like cha-cha or something like weird like I'd be like it'd be weird like it'd be weird like you wouldn't be like unexpected like cha-cha the time bender yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you were saying that I was thinking of Nightcrawler how he sort of goes yeah. into a different dimension and then yeah. can come back and, and like, things just but then see how different things play out based off of different decisions Leia. I'm, I'm which, trying to come up with Which also comes back to a full circle thing where I read a fun meme that was like people always want, wish that they could go forward in time and like see how like their decisions would play out. And it's like, or be able to do that. And it's like, well, you have that gift right now. Like you get to make those decisions every single day to see how your life's going to play out positively. Like you get to be intentional with it. Yeah, it's almost catching a wave in a certain sense. It just sends you that direction and yeah. you keep following it. I find this is just a observation, but the more you understand the past, the more you can expect the future. So yeah. that's my spacey. Yeah, there you go. Thought. That's because true. I think people often just don't see how the context of what's happening now either exists or similar things have happened throughout time. Maybe not the exact names or the exact like figures, but these evolutions have happened throughout history and they're going to continue to happen. It's weird to think like we're happening right now. And then there's like, there's the past that's happened in the future that, you know, is it, is it concrete or are we building that right now? And it's, that's the oneness, I think a little bit that, that, that attaches us all is like, humanity or the planet or the universe that future is somehow undetermined in a way i worked with this really like intelligent guy this year i'm really thankful that i we our paths crossed and we got to work together and his big thing was like forecasting like uh for like retail like forecasting like projections and 
um, we do things like forecast my life. He'd be like, okay, let's look at like, you know, literally how long you would hold a job down for like before you'd switch. And we'd like average out that time. And then we'd like projection model, like how long I should have like the next job for. Like it was just like very cool. <laughs> like I like, but he would always say like, you know, like look at past to predict the future. And that was like, basically how a lot of people, you know, forecast. You look at the past in order to predict the future. So what patterns have happened in the past to, like, outline what's going to happen. And, you know, uh, what's that movie? Oh, Han Solo. It was, like, people, uh, what is it, don't trust anybody and people are predictable. <laughs> nice. I was, like, that's a, that was what Woody Harrelson said in the, in the movie. And it's, like, I kept laughing at him. I was, like, a forecaster's dream come true. Don't trust people and pe- or don't trust anyone and people are predictable because they just repeat what they've done usually in the past. It's hard. It's hard to break patterns. True. Um, I, I just think it's funny because, like, Jason and I connecting, it's, it's those small moments that you live for. And we connected actually working at at Good Life mm-hmm. at the gym. And just we had already met. We'd played dodgeball together. We had had spent time in the same vicinity but never really had that connection. And then one day he just happened to stumble into this, the room that I was working <laughs> yeah. in. I was in sales at the time. And he... And we struck up a conversation, and yes, should we probably have been doing more productive work-oriented things, <laughs> likely, but then we went on this two-hour tangent of talking about everything under the sun and probably beyond right. into the universe. And if that didn't happen, maybe we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And so it's those those little things that set you along the path, and it's, is it fate? Is it chance? What You know, does it even matter at the end of no. the day, right? Like, you would only, you wouldn't know if it didn't happen. And then knowing enough to know that you had a film and theater background that you weren't using. And, uh, <laughs> and then having the idea to start this podcast from a young professionals group, it just, it only seemed natural to bring them in. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's taken on a life of its own in a sense, too. And it's, I think we hit those points, too, where maybe we're discouraged or, you know, this past month has really not went as planned and that's not to say, like, you have, there's that certain point of accepting what happens. And I think in the beginning, I pushed really hard and wanted to, to be so regimented because I felt it was fragile in the beginning where it was, if, if this doesn't become habit, then we lose it completely. But now I'm like, just accept what happens. Don't, like, stress yourself into making this. Yeah, well, we're at the point now where we know we'll always come back to it, even, like, with, it's been, what, a almost a month hiatus now for us. Yeah, and that's the longest one we've had, I think, even with your surgery and everything. Yeah, I think so. And and yet it's, we know that there's certain times that it just brings so much to our life that we never would want to give it up. And even today, I was, I was excited to be here again, which is nice, because I think, and that's not to say that I'm not excited about every single one, but it's, it's like, I felt at peace with myself, and I'm like, I'm back to doing what I enjoy doing. And it's nice to have that reminder, maybe that hiatus and accept all the shit that gets thrown your way and then just get back to it and, and enjoy it. Enjoy the process. I think that's a supernatural phase. Like, especially when you're like starting up something new, like that's how I was at the beginning too. I was like, this has to be real. (laughs) Like I have to make this look as like legit as possible. And Mm -hmm. so then, but at a certain point, like you're clipping along at a certain pace and then you just kind of wear yourself out and you're like, okay, I need a breather. But you're like, you know, you're at a point where you're not scared to take that breather and you could take that moment for yourself and, you know, pick it back up. And to me, I had to have a break last week. Like I was laughing. I was like, I felt dead in the eyes. 
I was like, I'd look at people, I'd be like, uh, because I've just, I've just been going so hard. And yeah, did my sales suffer a little bit? Yeah, they did, for sure. Um, but you just kind of take that, like, you just know that that's going to happen. And you pick back up, you keep going, you keep forging forward. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You just do your best. Like, I feel like this, when we say do your best, you know, we think that we have to operate at 100% all the time is doing our best. Mm -hmm. But doing our best is really just like, you know, doing the best with what you have in this moment. You know, sometimes you're operating at like 60% is your best because that's all you got left inside of you, like at that moment, because you're so tired. Um, or sometimes operating, doing your best is the best of what you have, knowledge you have. Like, I think we live in a time where we get, we shit on people or we get shit on because we didn't know something because we live in this information age. But you're okay. it's okay not to know something. You know, you might accidentally offend somebody um, because you didn't know, but then you'd be kind and like have that person be kind enough to inform you and be like, okay, and like take it, you know, instead of getting guarded and being like, ah, like, you know, I feel like, and then you could just move on. I feel like I'm also not making sense at a certain point. I'm <laughs> <laughs> talking right. so much. Ah! I know it's been a while. I'll throw in the last question. Okay. I tr I love when it goes unstructured and we go into yeah. this uncharted territory. <laughs> yes. But then there are these certain questions that I like to ask just because it's curiosity. So the last one is, how do you want to be remembered in how you live life? On how you live life. I did this thing where, like, at... One of the uh, ad agencies I worked with, we called this, the leadership program they had was called uh, L-Cubed, which was like called Legacy. And so I got CEOs to talk about what kind of legacy they wanted to leave behind. And for me, I had this like Nike mindset where I was like, I want to live large and like be a master at things and just want people to remember me like a whole bunch of people. I had like this grandeur idea of like who I wanted to be. Um, and then I'd have other people who were like far more older than me that were just like, you know what, I want my family to remember me. I want my kids to remember me and like, you know, of like how, how great of a dad I was. And to me, it's funny because now that as I age, I like see that, like I don't need to like, you know, have this huge group of people remember me. But if I can make like a significant, for me, it's like if I can make a significant impact on a handful of people who then can make a significant impact on a handful of people, I think my job will be done. Like I think that you don't need to have like, you know, this huge legacy of people remember you for what you did. You can have a handful of people where, like, you, you – and I, I don't want to know. I want that. I want to be able to, like, have that connection with that person, and then they might not even tell me, and then they might be able to share that connection with, like, their people, and it just spreads. And to me, like, that's so special, and I think that's really what the human existence is all about, whether we have the technology or not. Like, I, I can make a significant impact on, like, a handful of people's lives who can then make a significant impact on – handful of people's lives like I think that's really what matters the most to me that's what I want to leave behind well said yeah I couldn't have said it any better I think of it as the the tree that nourishes like there's like everybody's a seedling and we all nourish each other and so it's if you can share from yours and and help each other grow like the right way with the right amount of water right like we all require certain things and so anything we can do to build each other up and get to that point together is a beautiful thing like i think that is part of the the intrinsic pur purpose of humankind so that's yeah i couldn't have that's yeah, exactly uh couldn't have finished it any better so where can we keep up to date with yourself amy 
You can keep up to date on Instagram until Instagram becomes no longer cool whenever that happens. Uh, <laughs> a year from now or yeah, six yeah, hopefully. months, who knows? I can't wait. Um, it's uh, uh, Amy Sire, so A-M-I-E-S-E-I-E-R is my personal Instagram, or you can follow the community gym at the community gym, um, or you can find us online at thecommunitygym.ca. We're called the community. I added on gym because I couldn't find the URL, the community, but we are, I like the idea of a gym versus a boutique fitness facility. <laughs> I like this old school gym feel. Yeah. Fair. Uh, and when can listeners sign up for the gym? I know you have the pop-up classes now. Yes. And then doors are opening in spring 2019. Yes. yes. So we're ho- aiming for April. Fingers crossed. Knock on the wood. We are working hard for it. So um, if it will be in the future for sure spring. So Cool. Yeah. And yeah. is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners or viewers um, that's happening with the community or yourself? I think just like make, like let's, I'm assuming that most of the viewers and listeners are from Winnipeg. Don't be afraid to make Winnipeg great. Like I think it's that same mindset of like, oh, I live in the shithole of the earth or like this is how my body is. I have back issues. It's like we just like succumb to these things. It's like, no nah, man, just like let's make it great. Like let's yeah. do things that like, you know, make where we live somewhere we we're proud of. And I think that we're in that trajectory, and I'm just excited to be part of riding that wave. So let's all just jump on the bandwagon. Before I forget, I wanted to do this at the top of the show, but I have to thank Ollie Bear on Instagram, oh! but Oliver. And also, I owe you an ice cream because that was put in this story. I like, I just threw it out to the world. I was like, does anybody have ideas in terms of who we could bring on the podcast? And then he like, I, I mean, I, I think we've crossed paths, or we probably should have, but then he just like, he threw me your name and I was like, oh yeah, for sure. I've wanted to add someone from the community gym since I saw it. So yeah. I was pumped by him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have a comment? No, um, I, I love, <laughs> I love Ollie. I think he's great. I met him through the November project, which is also a great like workout. I love, I don't know. I love the workout community here in Winnipeg. It's like a little big town. Yeah. We all know each other. I'll work out together. It's great. I love Ollie. He's awesome. That's Winnipeg in general, too. It's like yeah. there's all these pockets of people, and then you get to know them and how amazing they are. But and we're all just like one degree of separation from each other. Like, uh. secretly, we're all just related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's incestuous. Yeah, it's yeah. So 100%. Way. It's transcoded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Amy, I wanted to thank you so much oh, for joining welcome. us. Thank this you so been, much. You're welcome. I, like, this has been amazing in terms of just mindset and getting things like, it's been inspiring to me, honestly. Oh, thank you. And so I couldn't have... Couldn't have asked for a better guest. And thanks for sharing your stories and even being as crazy as I am and having the levels of talking super high. <laughs> super loud. It. Oh, God. I love it. Somebody, no, I love it. somebody had to, uh, you know, take the championship yeah. belt off my head. I, so. You know, I am proud to have a loud voice. I got it from my mom. I <laughs> call it, it mom. mom. I did. I have mom voice. Mom I, voice. Yeah. Just like you will hear me whether you want to or not. I will. You, I will be. I will be heard. So. Yeah. I have like the loud family, like and siblings and I'm the youngest so I like I have to yell as loud as possible to be heard I'm not even Italian I don't know where this came from so I think it's just something my mom passed down from generation to generation my love of pizza and pasta I'm gonna claim like a percentage yes you should you should Um, and as always we're Be The Change on social media you can find us at Be The Change YPS you can email us if you have any information, guest ideas, topics, things you'd like cover at info at bethechangeyps.com. Our website, as always, is bethechangeyps.com. Um, announcements, I can't think of anything. My hair's starting to grow back. I'm wearing yeah. flamingo shirts. 
Uh, summertime. Summertime's around the corner, I guess. Yeah. Get active. Let's get the spring first. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Do a spin class. Do yes. a crush class. Join me. Yeah. yeah. Join Amy sometime and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you're listening. We should really come up with commercials and do this at the beginning, too. <laughs> Great. Um, yes. So thank you so much again for joining us. Yes, and thank can't you. wait to see the gym and how everything happens for you and all these great things happen for you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. All right. Bye, people. Take care.